17. Shit, man. <clears throat> yeah, man, that's what I said. I said. That's what I said when it all happened. I said, shit. This is crazy. You got a whole other different number at the end. <laughs> uh, Jason said that that video <clears throat> for the intro has got him dying. Well, there's an... There's an uncensored version of that up as well, but I, I, I figured it might get us kicked off of uh, Facebook, so yeah. I didn't play that one. Um, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's our buddy Kane Klein, who's actually, he was on the show once for the uh, Halloween party. I see people joining in now, and I'm like, dang it. It's mm. people that I wish would have watched it, but well, they'll have to, we'll post it on the page or something so that people can get a chance to look at that. Yeah, I mean you Censored can always version. Yeah, you can always <laughs> check it out later. Um <clears throat> but yeah, he's a crazy dude. I got to meet him at the Halloween party. He definitely had the most interesting costume. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, I mean he makes a very pretty lady. So there's uh th their YouTube channel is Yorkies TV. And uh Kane is a very interesting guy. He's uh That's uh some very high-end art right there speaking of art yo got some got some let them know t-shirts going on got some bumper stickers and shit too they're not for sale yet but uh we'll, we'll work on that we'll try and get that set up this audio is brought to you by uh all kinds of shit go to our website check it out if you want to give us a hand let them know podcast.com Scroll down, click on the Amazon.com link, the Onnit link, or the Datsusar link, and if you buy something, uh, we get a little piece of it. So, that'd be cool, too. We appreciate it. That's LetEmKnowPodcast.com. We got a pretty cool episode today. It's like 5 o'clock, or 4 o'clock, 4.23 right now, p.m. in uh, Virginia, where we're at. Um, first time we've ever really done a midday kind of thing or I guess I mean it's it's the afternoon but it's a hell of a lot earlier than we generally get started uh, on Sunday January 1st 2017 so thanks for tuning in hey and I, I saw on our on our Facebook page we just hit 365 likes ironically enough that's one a day so that is one it's worth day. mentioning um oh wow my uh no wonder I sounded so weird other than me being all nasally, my EQ was all <laughs> set up for when Shane was drumming. Oh, okay. Last episode. Shit. It's episode 24, and it's a pretty special one. We got a returning guest today, Daniele Bellelli, author, martial artist, history professor, podcaster, and all-around super cool guy. Uh, we're expecting a call from him at about 5 o'clock <clears throat> Eastern Standard Time here. And... Uh, I got another super cool toy that I'm going to bust out in a little bit. It's a uh it's a 360 degree uh video camera. So, uh we're going to put together a little let them know podcast VR experience. So if you have a set of uh, uh one of those VR headsets that you can take and put your phone in and then you visit our YouTube channel and pull up that video, you'll be able to uh catch that probably sometime after we're done with the show i'm gonna get that all vr's taken over it's super cool i was screwing around with it i sent lloyd a video uh that i made yesterday with it 
and it's just really cool. Um, nothing that you won't be able to see right here besides perspective. You'll be able to look around our messy you know, studio and uh, see if you can find any cool shit. Maybe we'll put together like a little scavenger hunt. <laughs> of uh, random shit around if you find it then we'll uh we'll give you a digital high five <laughs> um wow man um fuck friday night how about that shit yeah i figured that that was what we were about to roll into i mean we don't we don't have to yet. no I, uh, uh, that's where my my brain was working i mean can't uh not mention the fact that Old Ronda got her ass whooped again. It's fucking bummer for Ronda fans like myself. I'm just bringing it up uh, because it was on my mind. But I mean, well, super interesting shit that happened after UFC 207 on Friday. Uh, we, as in me and my wife and uh, Dustin. Dustin might be showing up here in a little bit, by the way. Sweet. Um, we went to... I hop after the fact, and it's funny, man. We had a uh, some entertainment there. There was a exceptionally drunk young man uh, who uh, was there with his friend, and I guess his wife, who I I happen to know his wife, but I I didn't I didn't realize I knew his wife. But uh, anyway, he was drunk. I guess his buddy was drunk, and uh, the waitress like mocked his buddy when he was walking to the bathroom and he stumbled and uh, she she mocked him right she made like a mock stumble and then I guess he saw her do it and then I, I just remember him walking in to the IHOP because he was standing outside the window I guess like watching like a total creeper is weird but uh he walked back in IHOP and went up to him and was like uh excuse me ma'am like that's not smart like you shouldn't do that and I'm just like, uh-oh, some shit's getting ready to go down. And Dustin was, you know, me and Dustin are kind of giggling about it. And uh, we're like, what in the fuck is this guy talking about? And then he's like, you know, my buddy's my buddy's drunk, you know. Yeah, we, we, we had a couple drinks, you know. We're just trying to have a good time. He's like, but, but that's not good customer service or whatever. I'm just like, dude, you just got made fun of for stumbling. Like, what the fuck is the big deal? Or your buddy did anyway. And he ended up, I mean, almost getting in a fight with the manager, and he pissed off these two dudes that were in there. Um, and I'm pretty sure they were gonna they were gonna straight up jump that dude, on, you know, because he left and they followed him. And one of the guys like pointed at his buddy, and he's like, "You know, go out that door," which was like a side door. And uh, they were gonna kind of surround this dude and jump him. I mean, they got up in his face. He's like, "You don't get in my face." And he pointed out, he's like, you guys aren't scary with your gang tattoos. And, oh man, I don't know, it was pretty funny. It was, it was, it was pretty good entertainment. The cops got called and everything. They blocked us in, made us watch the whole thing. Dustin was like, I'm not doing shit right now. There's cops out here, it's middle of the night. <laughs> shit, speaking of cops, I spent half of the fight card having my, my, car searched by military police trying to get in to Fort Belvoir to watch the fights with my buddy and he he's recently moved in there so he was completely unfamiliar with how strict they were with the I guess just letting in of guests without having 
some sort of guest pass to get in. I, I'm waiting in the line that says guests without guest passes. And there's probably like three cars in front of me, three cars behind me. And we're all, we all get our car completely searched and pull up to the side. I'm waiting there while the fights are going on for like an hour, just texting my buddy like, yo, what the fuck? I was not, why couldn't we have just gone to a bar or something outside of the base? I, I just, it was a mess and I ended up getting in and making it in time right before Mike Pyle got his ass kicked. But I mean, we ended up, uh, that was just when you, we aren't even doing anything wrong and you're dealing with police it's still nerve-wracking you know yeah it can be a lot of people don't like to expect or to to accept that but it's like man <sighs> you know i don't know i think there's just too many laws a lot of times like there's there's just too much shit that you can just i mean i get, you get it pulled it's a over base get... they get, you can't just let any yeah. schmuck in yeah, no, I, I get that as well. God I, damn it, just let me come in and watch the fights with my buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're just trying to go to your buddy's house on base. I get it, you know, you're on you're on a base and everything. It's uh, Security's important. I'm into that, but I was just thinking about, like, the amount of laws that we have with, uh, when it comes to everything. It's like, you can get pulled over for having a tail light out and shit, and it's, it's just like, really, you know, come on, um... I don't know, you set somebody's day back. I mean, twenty minutes at a minimum if you get pulled over. You're stuck. I mean, what if you're on if you're on your way to work? I mean, time you know, like cops can be sitting out on on the highway just waiting for somebody to to fuck up. Really, is all it is, and it's just kind of it's a little bit upsetting. But Ben Terhune said uh, this is the perfect hangover activity. Uh, thanks is what he said, and I'm saying Ben. You're very welcome. Um, this is a good hangover activity for me, too. I think this is the first time I've ever had coffee on the show. Um, I woke up pretty early this morning. I was... Uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of me. I was the one that passed out at the party on the couch. I did. I saw that picture. Oh, boy. <laughs> at least you didn't get uh, you know Sharpie all over your face. I guess being nice to people has its benefits. <laughs> um... Dakota said, who won the fight? I don't want to get into that yet. Uh, let's wait for Daniele. We can talk a little bit about 207 and everything. I'm sure he watched. I'm sure he's got an opinion on it as well. Uh, but let's just say it was a pretty exciting night of fights. It was pretty good. We were late, and actually I ended up standing the entire time. It was it was pretty packed. It was obviously. the same thing for me when uh, when Ronda fought Katzengano. I was standing and watching for that one. I mean, it was more packed than the last Connor fight that I went and saw. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was a ton of people there. We tried to get a seat, or tried to tried to get a uh, a table in Buffalo Wild Wings, and they're like, "Yeah, it's going to be thirty to to ninety minutes." And we're like, "All right." And I guess they text you, you know. Um, so we just go to the bar area, and there's nowhere to sit. So we just ended up standing. Me, Rochelle, Dustin. Um, Is that really the only place in town to go watch? No, there's a couple other places, but like there's this one bar right next to uh, Dustin's shop, Deep in Ink tattoos there um 
they generally have it, but I'm, you know, who knows about the legality of that? And that place is a is a hole in the wall kind of bar. I don't mind going there, but I don't want to take like. Rochelle doesn't like it very much. I don't think. I mean, she'll go with me, but, um, but it's all right. I mean, you go in, yeah, whatever, get some cheap beers, watch the fights, and then you know, watch the UFC fights as well. Um, because it's always weird though, because they'll have a UFC event and then they'll have a DJ there, and then they'll just start blasting music. Like, yeah, the air horn and shit. Well, it's yeah, it's all you know, like dance music and shit and uh it's weird it's kind of a weird atmosphere to watch the fights in i like getting the audio yeah that's why i just fucking order it i like to order it too but fuck man the pay-per-views are expensive mm, you get three or four dudes together ain't, ain't that big of a deal yeah when you yeah when you throw down on it it's hard for me to find anybody to throw down on i could throw down on it with you probably dustin but it's hard to get anyway, I don't. I don't have anybody else that close to me that cares that much. Yeah. That I hang out with all the time. You know, occasionally Jamichael want to watch it or whatever. But um, I used to do it all the time here. I'd order a bunch of fights here at the house. But it just happened that too many times people came over, they hung out, they they talked about throwing down on it, and then by the time they left, yeah, that. I never got a cent out of it, where <laughs> I'd get five bucks or something. And so I'm like, yeah, right, well. in high school, I'd tell my dad, like, yeah, I got a bunch of friends coming over, they'll all throw down five bucks, and you get, like, two of them to do it. It happens. First first time I ever convinced him to let me purchase one was UFC 100, and then he became a fan ever since, and we always order the fights together. and Went to Lawler versus Condit earlier this year in Vegas together. That's the only fight that i've gotten to go to that's super cool my sister's saying she told me she'd pay for it the entire thing i don't remember that at all but um i mean i was talking about doing it anyway i just you know i didn't know how that was gonna work out plus we kind of wanted to go out somewhere and see what was going on we were already out and about too so but man Exciting, exciting night of fights. It was fucking awesome. I had a blast. It was good shit. Um, without spoiling too many details, I want to get into some of the breakdown of the fight once we get Danielle on. The, uh, I didn't see any of the prelims. Were any of the prelims any good? Uh, see if you can, well, do we not want to do that? We don't even want to risk pulling highlights, do we? Um... I no, not right now. I got an idea for that. Maybe later on, we can invert some colors and stuff like that. Because I think what it is is YouTube uses an algorithm, and uh, they just kind of they go over the the video, and they're looking for images matching other shit. You know, it's probably more. I'm probably doing a horrible job of explaining how that works, but uh, it's probably partially because I don't completely understand. But the uh, I think if we, you know, I don't know, I'm not trying to dupe anybody either, but I, I feel like it doesn't, you know, if we show five, five second clip, you know, highlight or something, it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. Man, I'm all, <clears throat> I'm all congested. <laughs> so, at least I'm not coughing though. 
but I'm all congested and stopped up and shit. My nose has been running. It's been pretty rough. I don't know what the hell it is. It's like this weather back and forth. It's like warm in the middle of winter and then it gets cold as hell. It's just fucking me up. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to survive. But I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm, uh, I'm all day-quilled up and uh, coffeeed up, stimulated. Got my glasses on so I look pretty damn smart right now. Glasses on with the coffee. I look super smart. If you're listening to the audio, you're not going to be able to see how smart I look, but just do yourself a favor and go to the Facebook page and check that out. While you're at it, go to our YouTube page. Like and subscribe some of that shit, too. We'd appreciate it. Um, shit, we don't have our... We don't have our stuff up. Yeah. Let them know podcast.com. I gotta fix that. I still... It's... Uh, kind of left over from when I had to rebuild everything on the last show. I'll screw with that in a little bit here. But, but yeah, at Instagram, or uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's uh, at Let em Know Show. At L-E-T-E-M-K-N-O-W-S-H-O-W. Go check it out. YouTube, uh, just, go to our, just go to our website, and then uh, you can find the, uh, the YouTube channel from there. I'm trying to make it easier. But in order to get a custom URL for YouTube, I need 100 subscribers. Right now, we need we got like 46 or something like that. So if we get 100 subscribers, I'm going to change the URL to youtube.com slash let them know or let them know podcast. It'll be super easy to, to find at that point. Um, but yeah, go to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, facebook.com slash let them know podcast, let them know podcast.com. Twitter and Instagram at Let Them Know Show. Check them all out. Tell your friends. Share it. Sharing's caring. Hell yeah. I gotta do a little bit of gloating right now. What's um, up? Little brother won tournament up in Pennsylvania this week, which I believe I was the first out of state kid in, to ever win a outstanding wrestler award of that tournament he didn't get the outstanding wrestler award which i'm pissed but he pinned he pinned his first two matches majored in the semis and then had a nice decision win in the in the finals i was told that his opponents were in his last two matches were pretty much just avoiding getting pinned just wanted to look like they you know just kind of stalling out the match not wanting to look like this Virginia kid came in and kicked some Pennsylvania ass like he did, but but yeah, I I'll pull up some pictures and uh, actually our mascot is the Charger, and uh, I don't know if I showed you I found something at work that was like a a knight, pretty much just constructed out of metal. It's pretty cool. They brought it with them to the tournament and stuff. Him and the and him and his wrestling partner both won the tournament. They're side by side with it. Shit, I'll just go ahead and message it to you right now. Yeah, send it to me. That's super cool, though, that he 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 did. So he did really well then, huh? Yeah, he won the tournament. It's a 32-man bracket. Pennsylvania's the toughest wrestling state in the country. It's not an easy tournament to win. The Governor Mifflin Holiday Classic. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. That's so, super cool. He got oh, fourth in it last year, so it's it's got good it's got good competition for sure. I gotta start doing more shit that fucks my eyes up because I'm looking really good in these glasses right now. I'm not gonna lie. 
Yeah, so scoot those pictures on over. Give your brother some love. On the wrestling. On the wrestling. What else did you get in while get into uh while we were gone? Shit, I mean Or over Chris the weekend and all that. Yeah, we haven't been back since Christmas, obviously. Yeah, so. we've been talking about it a lot, and then uh, having shit just fall through constantly, unfortunately. Um, so, sorry about that, guys. But Anyway, here's your show, midday, January 1st. Fucking first of the year. Fucking New Year's Day podcast. A special one at that with Daniele Bellelli in a little bit. So, that's... Super duper cool. Thank you, Laura Nelson, for subscribing. So Dakota's got a question for you, Lloyd. What's that? He said, if you could find anyone in the UFC, who would it be and why? Well, I wouldn't really want to fight anybody in the UFC because I would be incredibly unprepared <laughs> for that. But as yeah, far as it being just an honor to share the ring with them, I would have to say Mighty Mouse. He's one of my favorite fighters and I mean I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna square up with any heavyweights for Christ's sake. <laughs> I was um and I would I would love to be able to roll with Demetrius Johnson one day for sure. That dude is freaking wizard. He there's there's nothing he can't do, man. I think he's the most versatile fighter and next to John Jones in damn near MMA history already. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say is uh, John Jones a couple weeks ago did that some sort of uh, grappling event thing. He was kind of there promoting, you know, whatever, some sort of protein powder or something like that, some sort of supplement company. And uh, a couple guys called him out and he ended up rolling with a, I want to say he was a 10th planet guy or something, but he's a brown belt or something. Anyway, you know, John... You know, ended smashed. up rolling with the guy and smashed him, smushed him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying, like, I'd want to fight him or anything, but it'd be pretty cool to, like, roll with uh, John Jones. Yeah. I mean, I'd learn from the best. Anybody. Give me anybody. I'd just roll with him. Like, it would be an honor. Like you said, it would be fun. I'd love to try and hold pads for Cowboy. <laughs> Uh, just put on, put on a football helmet and a bunch of pads and shit. And just <coughs> um, does Frank Mir still fight? Frank Mir got suspended, Dakota, uh, for. He tested positive for something. I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, according to Frank Mir, neither does he. Did we ever talk about that? I don't think so. It wasn't even didn't even really hit that big of news. I feel like he's old. It's it's over. It's unfortunate. Whatever. I'm a big I think fan that, of Frank Mir. I honestly. think he should be utilized more for his analysis and everything. He used to do commentary on WEC, and he was really good at it. So, I mean... Yeah, he definitely is. He's definitely good at that. I st I'd, I'd still like to see him fight. The guy still wants to fight. I don't like to see a guy continue to fight that clearly isn't going to be the champion anymore that is on, like, a caliber where... Like, it's one thing if you're just some guy that got into MMA late and uh, 
is is lucky to have made the UFC roster. Like it's an honor for this forty year old guy that's just worked his way. But it's another thing if you've already been the champ before and you're like still thinking ah, I can try. I don't know. Sometimes, um, it's you, I don't know. I feel nobody like nobody can tell any fighter when to hang it up. That's a decision that they have to make on their own. Yeah, it it doesn't bother me. Um, my thing is, if you want to fight, then uh, let him fight. I mean, he can be competitive. I, I still think you know Frank Mir can be competitive. He's like you said, probably not going to be the champion again. Did you see what happened to Bernard Hopkins? I mean, oh yeah, reading over here, but oh yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He got whew, dealt with. That was, uh, I saw some clip of him like, oh, I'm never going to, what did he say? It's like, I'm nev never going to get beat by no white boy or something like that. He, he definitely ate those words. It was, it was a little rough. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it's just shit talking, which is pretty standard operating procedure with, uh, with combat sports. But man, out of the ring like that. And then you hear Joe Rogan talking about how that shouldn't be a thing. You shouldn't be able to go out of the ring like that. Um and fucking land dude, on your head. Which, dude, the, the guy that was there, he almost like Olaid. He was like, oh, he's falling. I'm not going to do it. If that was me, I would have tried to I, What the the guy help. that was there like on the outside of the ring or yeah, what when Hopkins fell out. I would have maybe tried to help break somebody's fall. I mean, I don't I can't I can't really say either way. I mean, uh, I'm not going to He's pass. not Andre the Giant. He's not like going to squish you. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. How big is Bernard Hopkins? He's a uh, he's um, I don't want to throw it out there. We could easily look it up. I want to say somewhere around 160, though. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, I mean, if Shane Carwin's fallen out of the out of the ring, yeah, uh, I'm not. Luck. I'm not going to get under him. Did you ever see my picture with him? With Shane Carwin? Yeah, I'll send you. Can that you too. even see you in the picture without <laughs> zooming in? Dude, I saw him in the in the bathroom when I went to the UFC event. It, it was, in the bathroom? It was so awkward. Like, how are you supposed <laughs> to be like, hey, man, can I get a picture? I waited for him to walk out. I was like, hey, I'm really sorry to do this. Hey, hey Shane Carwin, let's get a picture crossing streams, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I was wearing a fighter in the kid shirt, too. And he's got ties with Shab. That kind of went south later on in the year, but that's neither here nor there. What, his uh, relationship with Brendan Schaub? Yeah. They're not homies anymore? Basically, I think that Brendan was being a little bit uh, realistic about where Shane stands in, like, the spectrum of top heavyweights, and he wasn't liking it, and it's just kind of like, well, you were never really anything, so go fuck yourself. I'm paraphrasing i probably shouldn't be putting words into people's mouths but and he didn't like that uh very much i guess yeah you know what i vaguely recall him saying something about that on their show uh yeah scoot that over to me too we'll pull that up so this is a picture of your brother yep on the left right right i still haven't met this guy there's lloyd's brother Taking the W in this tournament, so there's that, and then uh, who's the guy on the right? Is what is he? What did he get? Second place or something? Yep. No, no, he won as well. That's his. That's his training partner, 145 pounder, weight class below him. That oh, kid okay. Actually, okay. He actually transferred to our school this season. He 
He's going to a school that didn't really have as good of a coaching staff as us, so we were like, come on board as a whim, kind of. And and the kid was just like, I, I don't see why not. He lived close enough, was able to do the transfer. And so that's like our first recruitment from our school. We're, it's funny because in our district, there's a school <coughs> that is notorious for recruiting kids from like way far away so we happened to just get one that was like local but still counts as a recruit because we pull them from another school that's cool that's cool it's good shit that's awesome that he won shout out lloyd's brother congrats on your on your w in the tournament bro tearing up some pennsylvania kids and then you got lloyd with shane carwin you know, was Shane Carwin, like, uh, on his knees in this picture or something? Because I would imagine that he'd be, like, 30 feet taller than you. But that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, that's like a solid foot. Your head's generally a foot, I believe. Especially if you're a big motherfucker like him. Who do you, who do you think would win in an arm wrestling contest? You or Shane Carwin? I think that... Uh, my arm would be removed from my body. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Lloyd. Actually, it's funny that you say that because I saw a video. Some dude, it's like some scrawny looking kid, challenged like some meathead. And he's like, okay. And he just goes over the top on him. And, and the tough guy's like acting Snapped like. Snapped his arm? Yeah, he's acting yeah, like it's that. nothing. And yeah. That was pretty brutal. I did see that. Um, but I'm actually pretty good at arm wrestling. Having short, stubby arms, yeah, you kind got of an advantage. Got a got a lot of leverage there. I got a similar, I got a similar setup. I'm not too bad. I'm not like the king of arm wrestling by any means. But, I arm wrestled uh, Rich here on the show mm -hmm. during the Halloween episode. I recall. I think I won. I think you won too. I can't remember. I think he beat you left-handed though. That's right. Uh, Rich is a lefty, so. Um, so, <clears throat> like I said, we got some shirts, we got some bumper stickers, uh, I think I'm going to try and got set some the, bags, some <laughs> bags, we should we'll do the bag, it's just got a little tiny let them know logo on it, so you can take it shopping and go to, uh, get your groceries with your let them know bag, yeah, it's better for the environment. Um, so you don't have to use the plastic or the paper that they have at the grocery stores. You can bring your own canvas, let them know, podcast bag. <laughs> what else? We're so, we, get, we, got, macaroni we got some pens. We'll do some pens. Yeah, maybe do some pens. Dad hats. <laughs> Dad hats. Um, Vista print. I want... <laughs> I want to get a I want to get a let them know tank with our military Photoshop for show. Yeah, we'll make one of those too. I'm gonna try and set the website up so that you can buy that shit if you uh, if you want if you want to. It'd be it would be an honor to have folks uh, wear some shirts. Let them know podcast. Um. <clears throat> so. Closing in. 
Getting close to our guest here. Yeah. Um, I need some more coffee. That's what I need. Might have to do that in a minute. I need coffee. Coffee. Coffee is what I need. <laughs> Hitting them up, letting them know. Yes. Yes, B. Um, so, we were, uh, we were talking about, talking about VR yeah. the other day. Was the other day when I showed you some of that shit, was that the first time you'd ever really checked it out? With the actual headset? Yeah. And, uh, we had a family dinner with my old coach and and his family uh and he brought one over too and i was like dad i don't think that you're gonna like this because my dad's his vision isn't as good so i figured that it would it'd be like it would hurt you know blurry vision but he liked it so cool yeah i, I uh i got a new i had a shitty old you know, headset, and, uh, I mean, it works fine. I bought it for, like, ten bucks on Amazon, like, a year ago. And that was pretty cool. Um, but this year, I, I decided to, you know, spring for it and get a $20 one. <laughs> and it's got the, uh, you know, it's got a switch on the side so you can push buttons and stuff and control things with it. It's got the built-in earbuds, and I pulled up the, uh... There is a, a 360 VR experience called Evolution of Verse. And the app that you can get it on, it used to be called VRSE, and now I forget what the hell it's called. But if you, if you YouTube Evolution of Verse, V-E-R-S-E, um, actually, I can, I, can, I can pull it up, but it... Uh, it's just, it's really cool. I mean... It starts out, you're standing in the middle of like this lake pond thing, if you recall. And Oh, you're talking about the video that you showed me? Yeah, the me. one I showed you, yeah. And then, you know, you're looking around, you're, you're seeing the water around you for a minute or two, and um, then all of a sudden you start hearing a train. And then, but you can look around. I mean, you're looking around during all this. You, if you turn around in reality, then you turn around in virtual reality. You're looking around this experience in 360 degrees. And well, you know what? They had this technology. They've had this technology forever. Now that I'm thinking about it, one of my favorite uh, childhood movies growing up was First Kid. You ever remember that movie? It was a Disney movie about like the president's kid. Uh, Sinbad was in it. He plays like the. He plays his bodyguard, basically. Anyways, that movie came out in like 1994, and he's in the mall, and they're playing video games with the virtual. It's way bigger, obviously. And That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the, it's there's... been around for over 20 years. It's just now being like yeah. Well, you know what? I think I more accessible. Like I've, I've played a game like that before. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Like old school. Um. Anyway, so I'm just gonna give you just a little example of what this like evolution of verse is. It's not gonna do justice because there's no there's no headset, but uh, 
it's a 360 degree experience so if you if you're wearing the headset and you turn your head around you can you know you look around like this right now I'm just clicking and dragging because this is the the interface that you use on YouTube with uh, on the desktop but then yeah you start to hear this train and then yeah I mean it's just gnarly shit gets crazy Ooh. Um, the resolution's not all that great on this right now, but, <clears throat> and that's just a piece of it that, that gets, uh, crazier and crazier as you go, but it's, it's really cool, especially with the headset on and everything. Um, there's a lot of this stuff going on now, including, <coughs> I'm going to shoot one with this, uh, once we get Daniele on in a little bit, uh, and uh, then that'll be available, you know, later on tonight. You can check it out. And if you have a, a Google Cardboard headset of any type, you can uh, you'll be able to check it out. Go to our YouTube channel and pull it up and scope it out. This is a LG. Uh, I don't know the model of it, but it's a 360 cam made by LG. It's got two image sensors on it and some. Uh, crazy you know like 180 degree lenses on it. it's got two of them it's looking both directions and then I guess it uh, <laughs> crams those two images together to make one spherical 360 degree image it's pretty fucking cool um, I'm gonna fire this thing up and shoot like a 20 minute video that you guys will be able to check out on our YouTube channel uh, after the show's done and uh, look around look around our messy studio and check it out um, <clears throat> but that'll be cool as hell so there's I mean you can there's all kinds of stuff in the in VR that I mean and this is shitty VR that we're talking about by the way this is not even this is not even anything that is uh, that damn impressive so it's uh, I mean, they they have things like the HTC Vive, I think they call it, as well as the Oculus Rift, uh, that have controllers that are built into where like you can see your hands in the virtual space. Uh, there's all sorts of games and apps. I was playing one. Like I said, this is a shitty version of VR, but. The uh, I think Danielli's getting ready to call in, but um, you, I mean, there was an app that I used where you can meet with people, other people in the virtual space, that's, and that's insane. See, that's that's where yeah. we're going. And here we go. Uh, Danielli's calling in. Hey, Daniele Belelli's here. How's, how's it going, Daniele? How are you doing today? Good. What's going on with you? Not too much. Um, we're just uh, shooting, you know, first uh, first podcast of the year, 2017, the year of our Lord. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. Um, I appreciate it. No problem. Kill the video to see if the audio quality improves. I'm sorry. 
that's uh, I just killed the video to see if the audio quality improves. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you pretty great. Okay, cool, because uh, your audio was uh, kept breaking up in the first minute there. Let's try now to see if hopefully it's better. All right, works. Can, can you hear you, us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I can hear you better. Okay, good stuff. Um, so, <clears throat> again, uh, thanks for... Thanks for uh, coming back on the show and talking with us Daniele we were just talking about uh, virtual reality VR stuff will. Will. have you tried have you tried any of this stuff it's I mean it's, it's getting pretty crazy I mean I know you were on uh, Duncan Trussell Trussell's show yeah. uh, a couple times right or yeah. just yeah <laughs> and I know Duncan I probably did like 10 podcasts with him or something I've, I've done a gazillion with Duncan yeah Duncan's a I, I like Duncan a lot. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, not uh, not that I know him, but I, I like listening to his show. He's super interesting. But um, I know he's he's pretty deep into the, into the VR thing. So uh, did um, I always hear him talking about his HTC Vive? Um, did he did he give you a chance to try yeah. that thing out? Yeah, I tried some stuff. It's it is trippy. It really is trippy. I mean, and the technology is changing every six months, pretty much. So it's a constantly like he showed me something that he had a year ago that's already completely different from what he has now. Um, it's I'm sure there's gonna be a growing period in the next two three years where the technology just improves leaps and bounds. But it is a trip, that's for sure. Yeah. Um... I was just talking about this uh, 360 VR experience. I mean, it's really it's just a 360 degree uh, video that you can look around and explore what's going on called the evolution of verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I just showed a little example of it. I mean, it's not really interactive. You pretty much just watch it, but um, it's super trippy. I mean, it starts out you're standing on water in the middle of this like pond and then uh, you start to hear from whatever direction it's coming from because I guess they use like Dolby, you know, surround sound. Um, yeah. And so it's it's binaural, meaning that if whatever's coming at you is coming at you from the left, then you hear it in the left side of the you know the headphones that you're wearing. And then if you turn that way, you know the the audio will uh, follow you. And then uh, I mean it's it's just that that particular one is is. A wild experience i mean this train starts coming across the pond and then it essentially mm-hmm. runs into you and explodes into a bunch of like uh birds and and shit and it's just it's it's i mean it's super trippy <laughs> like you were saying I, um, no it's uh i don't think anybody is ever gonna get out of the house anymore exactly that's what scares me yeah it's we won't ever I don't have think it's gonna gonna have sex with anybody else either because it's all going to be virtual reality uh super hot random fantasy women showing up uh, at the touch of a button and people will be like what i have to actually meet a flesh and blood human being what the hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of uh the vr thing i was just talking about how uh, i got this nifty little uh 360 camera that's made by LG and I just started recording with it right now so there's going to be like a little virtual reality experience I'll send you a link to it um, cool. once we once we wrap it up I don't know if you have one of those headsets or anything but it's still it's kind of neat um, but 
the thing was cheap. I mean, so, and it's shooting in like, uh, I guess it's two and a half K resolution. So the resolution's pretty high. And right. I think the thing cost me like 99 bucks. If that, I mean, so it's, it's I'm, becoming available like rapidly to have high resolution, yeah. uh, 360 degree capable cameras that I mean the uh, there's going to be some crazy shit that happens in the next couple of years I think I think that's going to be the social pacifier needed to make sure that people don't kill each other because what's going to happen is that you know the the reality is that probably half of the jobs that exist today are going to disappear within the next 20 years which as things become more automatic so there's going to be a real issue in terms of uh, people actually having work and doing stuff, considering that there will be less and less need of human labor. Yeah, I'm a so laborer myself, the, so that worries me. Yeah, this would be the way to, okay, you know, we give everybody a minimum income so that they have a place to live in and eat, and then they plug into their virtual reality all day so they don't bust anybody else's balls about stuff. And that's the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think uh, at some point in time, it's going to be necessary to, I mean, because once these uh, type of labor jobs and factory jobs are taken over by automatons, it's going to be, I mean, your average, per I mean, what what else could you do? I mean, you can't just let everybody starve. It's going to end up, I mean, right. we we're going to have to take care of people. Which I don't. I mean, I don't really see a problem with that either. In that, um, I mean, if if everything's getting done and everything is is yep. is being uh, produced and 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 by by robots, and then at that point, I mean, we we really don't have to work. I mean, if I could make it's, a robot, it's, it's Wally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could make a robot that did every task that I'm capable of doing, um, by itself. And I could send it to work in place of me, and it did right. its job fine. And then I still got a check at the end of the day. Then I guess I really wouldn't have to work either. And I mean, technology is yeah. kind of going that yeah, direction. Yeah. Totally, that's uh, that's exactly where it's going. Which is why it's uh, interesting to see how it's going to play out. Yeah, um, and I mean, between virtual reality, it's like you were you were talking about sex. I mean, there's there. There's an entire industry right now trying its hardest to figure out how to make a fucking sex robot, too, which is... Of course, and that's the first robot that's going to be created. That's the one. That's the one that's going to blow everything up, for sure. That's what's going to push the entire industry forward. I mean, because obviously, sex sells. So that's, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of the driving force behind everything. It always is with all new technologies. That's the porn is usually the number one thing. VCRs, DVD, all of it. It's mm -hmm. how it starts. The internet as well. Um, yeah, exactly. I think I, I don't, I'm not going to quote any statistics because I don't have them in front of me, but it's some sort of or some overwhelming percentage of all the traffic on the internet is supposed to be uh, pornography, which is not yeah. surprising in the least. No. Not at all, exactly. I'm kind of actually surprised. I don't know what the economics are, how porn can still exist. Because, you know, back in the 
back 15 years ago when it was DVDs, people had to pay for it. So there was money. Yeah, I don't. Earn. I get what now, you're saying. I don't really, you know, the fact that basically it's all, nobody has to pay for it because there's so much free stuff out there, um, kind of puzzle how they can even produce stuff anymore because who makes money on it, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Where, where's the money coming from? I'm assuming yeah. it's, I'm assuming it's ad revenue. You think? Yeah, but in porn? Well, I mean, on on I mean, just about every website. I mean, there's all sorts of ads plastered all over everything on the internet. And uh, well, I mean, it's the kind of the same thing with uh, with YouTube. I mean, there's millionaires that are that are uh, people that just run YouTube channel channels. You that's know, a good point. so it's uh, that's a really good point. I'm yeah. ass- I'm assuming yeah. that that's got to be. I mean, well, it's like you said. Where else is the money coming from? For it to yeah. continue no, to exist, there probably. In fact, I'm sure there is a good answer to that. I just don't know it, and it puzzles me. But, um, but yeah, that's you're absolutely right. I'm sure there is a, a way to just. I think also there are kind of the same way as it happens with everything else that you know musicians don't make that much money on records anymore. They make it by playing live, and the records are more like their business cards. Mm-hmm. And thing goes for a lot of forms of media. I think the same stuff may be going on in porn. That's probably they don't really make that much on the movie, on shooting the scene. They'll make it on uh, um, on like <coughs> dash cams or things like that. You know, they get their fame in one way that's basically for free, and then they get their money in a different way. Maybe it's exactly the same way, and they do live shows, and we just don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's exactly what I'm thinking. You know. <laughs> Um, you brought up music. I'd like to pull up the actual statistic, but I was—I stumbled on an article probably like a month ago that said that uh, vinyl, for the first time, has outsold uh, this year uh, every other source of downloads obtaining, and CDs obtaining and music. Yeah, which is even even over MP3. That's really surprising if that's true. Yeah, um, that's crazy. But I mean. Uh, my parents have a bunch of records that they gave me. I got myself like a little Crosley. I buy a new vinyl every now and then. I like going into old record shops and stuff. It's cool. I just like the album art and stuff. It's just you hold it in your hand, and it, I mean, yeah, it makes for cool artwork. I I saw, when I was in college, there was this one dude who would uh, show up to like like our main student hangout area and try and sell a bunch of stuff, and he would. He would sell like these cool frames where you could put your records in and like change them out for just like having different things to look at around the house. I guess as far as album, I thought it was cool. So yeah, my if my wife asked specifically for uh, a vinyl for Christmas, and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of. I mean, I don't think people are really playing them very much. I think it's more of like a a, a collector's type thing, but. <laughs> right, where you just uh, that's that's a funny concept right there. Buy music, not for the music. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean there are people certainly uh, using record players or uh, phonographs for the audio files, but um, but for the most part, I, I don't think very many people are listening to. I mean, it's my wife also. It's weird for the first time ever. Uh, actually, this Christmas as well, I got her a collector's edition like a cassette hmm. of music that i don't even think was around when cassettes were popping so 
Um, she got that, and meanwhile, she's not listening to that either. Uh, it comes with a download code that you just download all the music that was on the cassette. Right. And uh, it's just kind of a collector's piece, which is it's cool and all, but it is interesting. It's a weird. It's kind of a weird concept, like you said. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of tough because, I mean, on one hand, it's cool because you can reach an audience that you never did thanks to internet. On the other hand, the fact that you can't really work like a professional for most people because you are, um, you know, you don't make money on producing your record. I mean, we're talking about music, but a lot of things is similar with books or anything else. You know, the number of people who actually can make a living just by producing their art is shrinking. On the other hand, there are a greater number of people that if they work three times as hard, they can make more money in other ways through live events and things like that. So it's uh, it's completely new and nobody has really, I mean, there's no formula yet that's clear that's going to last. It's kind of more part of this experiment from this uh, from the novelty of it all. And due to the nature of technology itself, the the rate of acceleration is just, continually going up so it's it's becoming stranger and stranger as it goes on and i feel like it's just going to be uh you know 10 20 years from now it's going to be just really weird like how yeah <laughs> how how there's going to be so many different ways that you could potentially make money and then it's going to be constantly changing on top of that as i mean as it is already right now um mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, here's a question for you. I don't know if you know statistically off off the top of your head, but where do you stand, like, with your books that you've written um, as far as, like, uh, audiobook downloads versus, like, uh, Kindle reader-style downloads versus, like, paper copies? I mean, it's tricky because it's still, because it's in a state of transition, things are still kind of changing. So up until very recently, and it may be somewhat true still now, but again, changing quickly. um, You did get, by publishing through a bigger publisher, you do get a certain publicity, you do get uh, the fact that people find your books in bookstores, that they may have never looked for them online, and so you were able to sell some that way. Now that's becoming less and less true, because bookstores are disappearing, so there's less likely the scenario of somebody who just going down the aisle and just see your book and picks it up. The, um, there's really not a whole lot that publishers can do for you that social media can't do. So, I mean, it's still happening at the highest level of the game. Yes, it's still a big deal, of course. But that game is shrinking. You know, for every Harry Potter out there, there are like a gazillion books that don't sell at all. And so that mm-hmm. game is changing quickly, which is why a lot of people are flirting with the notion of self-publishing instead of publishing uh, through the traditional channels. Same thing with the recording labels, same thing with a lot of other form of media. But that's still not easy because just because you reach a big audience doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make money out of it in, uh, in this non-traditional formula. I mean, think about podcasting. You know, you can have you need to have an insanely high audience to actually make money on it. Because while people say, oh, you only need uh, 5,000 people who are listening to you and then buy your stuff, to the reality is that the people who are actually going to put money down are a tiny percentage of the people who are going to consume what you put out there for free. So it's 
the numbers need to be big because the reality is that you're not going to be able to get a very large percentage of people who listen to you even on an absolutely regular basis to commit one cent to anything mm-hmm. you do yeah we 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 know that um all too well um not that we're you know trying to become rich uh, from from podcasting but it's mm-hmm. it, it's re- it's really it's it's just a fun hobby um get to talk to interesting people like Daniele Bellelli but um i mean th- that would be it would be really cool to uh just uh wake up tomorrow and have amazon uh deposit $500,000 into my bank account but uh, it's it's not really reality it's like you said it's but w- i mean we're we're hoping to just produce uh, something interesting that people want to listen to which yeah yeah and that's and that is definitely i mean that's the beauty of the new technologies that you can do things that you could not do not so long ago in a great way in an absolutely great way and you can reach people that you would have never been able to reach a few years ago so it's positives and negatives it's no surprise you know both things are true at the same time yeah hey um so uh, did you see the uh, or hear about the uh, the Hollywood sign? I guess this morning. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. I'm wondering. I I, w- I want to know kind of the mechanics of how they pulled that off. I mean, I know, I know. Each each one of those letters is like 15 or 20 feet tall, isn't it? It's yeah, it's huge. That's why that was some serious work. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they pull it off. At first, when I first saw it today, I thought it was a Photoshop thing. Then I realized, no, that's the real deal. And um, yeah, I don't know how they did it. That's uh, pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's that marijuana ingenuity. It's. Uh, it's. <laughs> I don't know how they pulled that off. Did you see this, Lloyd? Yeah, it's it was awesome. pretty crazy. I mean, it's. Cra- it's just kind of funny. Um, and of course, the first thing that I read about is like, yeah, you know, they want to. They want to charge somebody with something, which, of course, you know, that's to be expected. And it, I mean, it is vandalism, but yeah, but it's you know misdemeanor or whatever. First, they have to catch them. Then it's a misdemeanor. It's yeah, it's I think you know. I don't see much be, coming yeah. out of it, but it it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's pretty good stuff. Um, I guess what is it uh, today at a uh, some sort of sporting event? Something happened with. Uh, Dakota Access pipeline uh, protesters climbing up some sort of uh, up, up into the rafters of some sort of sports venue and dropping down a banner asking oh, the uh, you not hear about it. I just saw this actually, yeah, right before we right before we hit go on the show earlier. Uh, apparently, uh, some protesters climbed up in the rafters of some sporting event. I'm sure somebody will chime in and tell us where it was or what the sporting event was but um <clears throat> and just dropped down a banner that said something something US bank divest and then you know a hashtag no DAPL type thing okay gotcha um me and you were talking the the other week when we were talking about uh, getting together and doing another show you were we were we were talking briefly about the uh the dakota access pipeline i know you have some pretty strong opinions on the whole thing 
I mean, uh, to be the whole Dakota Access Pipeline, of course, it's uh, an important story, but it's obviously bigger than that. It's, uh, it really is about the whole uh, fossil fuel industry issue. And the fact is that it's almost secondary about this specific pipeline or not. I mean, you know, it is a big deal in terms of tribal rights and all of that. But the big issue is um, dependency on fossil fuels is suicidal. It's just not something that we should be encouraging. And it's, of course, impossible at an individual level to step out of it to say, OK, I'm going to stop driving a car or using anything petroleum based or carbon based because so much of our civilization is built on it. And yet at the same time, the reality of it is that, A, it's a dying industry because there is less and less of the resource every single day, you know. Um, B, there's the issue of um, the fact that not only it's an all-renewable resource of which there's less on Earth every single day that goes by, but also it's monstrously polluting, whether you're talking about coal, whether you're talking about oil, or whether you're talking about... Any of these things are extremely polluting, both the digging process as well as the burning process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are not things that are sustainable long term. You know, even assuming that he wasn't polluting at all, it's still we need to figure out a solution because we only have so many years to run our civilization on this thing that's disappearing. But on top of it, the fact that he's highly polluting in the process and we are paying at all every single day that makes dependency on this thing completely insane. Now, this does not mean that once we realize that, we have an easy solution that if we just switch tomorrow, because, of course, looking at new technologies is messy. It's complicated. It's going to require a ton of money, investing, screwing up, trying one thing, it doesn't work, try the next, until we can figure out something so that our civilization can run in a way that doesn't require a monstrous drop in quality of life and at the same time doesn't screw up the very conditions that make life possible on Earth. I agree 100%. But um, it's the, the biggest problem I think that I have with the entire, uh, the entire argument is that it seems like one side is just completely, uh, just doesn't understand that things like solar wind i mean these things work people and also there's a, there's an entire cross section of of humanity that that seems to believe that you can dump all the carbon you want into the atmosphere and it's just going to go away um sure where i mean things like the greenhouse effect are well this is well-known science i mean we know how this works you can if you you build a a box in your backyard and put a pla- a piece of clear plastic over the top of it, mm-hmm. put a temperature probe in the box and a temperature probe on the outside of the box. Guess what? Inside the box, it's a lot hotter. I mean, this is, this is, people just think that, uh, <clears throat> people just think that, that, uh, the carbon dioxide is just what goes into space or something. I mean, what happens is we're, we're taking, carbon that's locked in a solid or a liquid form in the crust of the planet and then right we are we're burning it turning it into a gas carbon dioxide gas it goes into the atmosphere you get an increased greenhouse effect this this science is but people don't believe it there's so much misinformation and not enough people doing their research to, that that understand that this is a real thing i mean it's funny getting into conversations with people that are like 
that that don't believe that it's that it's even an issue. They're like, this is this right. is a non-issue. It's like, are you, I mean, if if somebody says that, it's it's pretty obvious that they have no idea what they're talking about, um, and that is part of the problem. Then no, you're totally right. And the issue too is is also that uh, even if you forget about the whole global warming and everything else, which of course we shouldn't forget about it, but let's pretend, you know, let's pretend that it's all some crazy conspiracy, that it's not an issue, that none of this is real. There are things that you don't need to depend on anybody telling you whether it's true or not. You can observe, you know, the fact that burning oil screws up air quality, all you got to do is just take a deep breath downtown in any major city and tell me how that feels. You know, the fact that there's an insane amount of people with asthma and respiratory diseases, the fact that, you know, these are things that are easily observable by anybody, and they are a direct consequence of the dependency on fossil fuels. I mean, I grew up in a place where, in Milan, one of the things that they used to do was that once uh, air pollution got so bad that it passed the safety limits of what considered safe for human beings, they would have every so many, like, month or two months or something, they would shut down the entire city where nobody could drive a car, only cabs were allowed, and for, like, 24 hours or a whole weekend, they would have not a single car allowed to be driven through the city limits in order to bring it back down to a level where human beings would not be in danger as a result of it. That's not a good thing. That's a sign that things are being done really bad. And the the thing that changed over time is not that they started doing much better work in terms of uh, air pollution. Is that in order not to deal with it, they decided that what was considered safe, they would just raise the numbers. So what was supposed to kill you yesterday, today is just fine. Just breathe it and it's no problem. Which obviously is a sign of not wanting to deal with the problem. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's like an addiction. That's uh, it's dysfunctional. Yeah. That's that's uh, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of scary too. Um, and it's also bothersome that you have countries like Germany that are trying to go one hundred percent solar, mm-hmm. and they're they're as far as I know doing really well um, with that. I mean, I have a small solar setup on the side of my house. Uh, I'm like a I work with DC electricity and computer networks and cabling and stuff like that. And the company that I work for, we are uh, we're set up and licensed to do solar installs as well. We haven't done any yet, but I've been screwing around with it for a couple of years. And I just want to—it's people don't understand, but it's really very easy. It's—it's it's not that damn complex. It's—it's—it's it, it's, it's not mm-hmm. that that complicated to do. It's. It's not that complicated to understand. Um, and if, right. if, if things, if appliances are more and more efficient all the time, which they're, they're becoming, they're, or that's the direction that we're going. Mm-hmm. And solar power, <clears throat> solar panels and generation of solar energy is uh, also more and more efficient all the time. So we're getting better at that as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem that, that far-fetched to have solar energy on every house or to at least to start working that direction. It's not going to happen overnight, but exactly, exactly. It's not that there's a simple, just do this one thing and it's going to be the solution to it all, but there are certainly things that can be done now that will have immediate results. And there are other things that should be done now to produce results down the road. Mm -hmm. In either case, the idea of, uh, 
let's just squeeze uh, some more oil out of the ground as the only way to keep going without really setting up a plan to phase that out in order to go in a different direction it's completely insane yeah if we were if we were working towards phasing that out uh if we were publicly making it known that that we were mm-hmm. trying to phase something out i would have n- much less of an issue with with anything that popped up along the lines of like you know we're going to we're going to put a pipeline in, but this is, yeah. you know, we've only got three more going in the last, in the next 50 years, and then we expect to be 30%, you know, solar powered across the entire U.S. I'd be like, you know what, that's, that's an, that's an all right trade-off. We can, we can, yeah. we can work with that, exactly. but that's, but instead, um, I know that, uh, in order to go grid tied with your solar uh, setup that, that you may have on your house. Mm-hmm. Or at least where we're at, you have to go. You have to work directly with the uh, the power company, which in itself is it's kind of weird. They make you jump through hoops, um, but it makes sense on their end that they want to make it pretty fucking hard for you to uh, reduce your electric bill every month. I mean, because it's cutting Absolutely. it's cutting into their profits. In fact, if you if you produce a surplus of electricity uh, from your solar setup and you you're pushing it back on the grid. At a certain point in time, they're they're uh, they're gonna have to cut you a check because you're actually part of the the production of the electricity. <laughs> right, exactly. And of course, yeah. they don't, they don't want that. Um, but I mean, people like uh, Elon Musk. They're I mean, Tesla, I guess, is developing these uh, solar shingles, which is really cool. And according- no, I know some genius stuff there. Yeah. Absolutely. And according to them, it's going to be about the same price as 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 just a regular old shingle roof once it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the, and and you have all this pushback. I mean, to me, it all kind of seems like it stems from energy companies having so much money wrapped up in the government, in in Congress, and and. Uh, lobbyists and everything else mm-hmm. it seems like a huge problem it's a massive problem and then on top of that you have the disinformation the propaganda um that's interesting but it is i mean it is moving forward so it's kind of hopeful i, I guess but uh it just seems like we're just barely moving forward I know, I know, I know, I know. And that's why things like the Dakota Access Pipeline are uh, are trippy. Because it is not about, as you say, this kind of compromise that you have to work through. Is the business as usual. We're just going to be keep building pipelines in every single place in U.S. And it's like, at some point, there's a no. There's There are certain things that you can't keep doing, expecting people to just take it lay down while at the same time you make it next to impossible for them to step out of the oil dependency and coal dependency it's that's why again is is obviously bigger than this pipeline alone but might as well start somewhere yeah you have to um i'm with you in that it uh it's definitely bigger than than just the dakota access pipeline mm-hmm. um yeah, and and I think that the majority of people I don't think are really looking at it in, in the same light that uh, we're discussing it right now. I think a lot of people are looking at it in the light of this particular one is bad. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you it's, know, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, this is, again, it's a, it's a microcosmic story yeah. in a much bigger context, which is the real, where the real game is being played. And, that, and that's the same uh, piece of the equation that the opposition to that ideology is, is that's the same thing that they are, they're arguing, is that, you know, this particular one is nothing special, this is happening everywhere, and it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Um, that's exactly the problem, right? Yeah. I think that's the real problem, and it's, unfortunately, it's, it's only being addressed here on the Let Them Know podcast with Daniele Bellelli. <laughs> right. <laughs> and all, uh, however many people are listening right now might listen into the future but yeah i mean it doesn't seem like that many people are really talking about it at all though um Mm -hmm. it's pretty unsettling it is it is and i think it is a absolutely crazy kind of thing that needs to be one of the top priority that's why to me like when people talk about politics and elections and everything else and just like let's be real about it you know all there are a million other issues that sure they can be important that's great and all but when you talk about those issues in terms of not environmental issues like some crazy tree hugging i want to you know cuddle with the fuzzy creatures of the forest and talk to trees kind of approach but environmentalist in the most basic sense of the word which is something that shouldn't even be political should be something that every single human being care about whether liberal or conservative or anything in between because it's about just making sure that you don't screw up the things that make life possible on earth simple as that it's like if that's not something that we can all agree on i don't know what we can you know right i i think that logically everybody in the world is like yes obviously the the environment that we live in is important um even even all the way to the to the far the the furthest to the right conservative that you can imagine is to your face or in conversation is going to say yes obviously we don't want to destroy the planet it's the only place that we have to live but i think that the problem is that people don't believe that that's what's happening well and also the problem is is not so much i think is there is a the crisis is not happening at a level where from one day to the next you go from being able to breathe to not being able to breathe kind of thing yeah so it, it doesn't have the impact of like dropping a bomb it's 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's moving yeah it's kind of it's kind of abstract slow moving and from one day to the next like you said you don't you don't see any change and uh and then that's one aspect of the story and then the other one is also the fact of um you know there's this idea of well why do i have to start why do i have to start cutting into my profits and not making a ton of money by polluting when ultimately even if i do it somebody else will and if my industry doesn't do it the next one will so why are you asking me to take a cut when because uh, the reality of you make money by polluting but the price to be paid for the polluting is not paid by you it's paid by the entire society so there's a sense of i gain a lot and the damage is spread across to everybody so it's not really that i pay in the same amount that i gain yeah it's like the responsibility for for making these types of changes is diluted across all of humanity and it's you know if i'm making uh, a step in the right direction uh, by doing something that is going to be more efficient or, or creating solar energy. And yep. the guy next to me uh, decides to take an entire truckload of coal and just light it on fire in his backyard. He can undo anything good that yep. I've done. And then the next uh, 
three people in front of me that are doing better than I am. And th- exactly. that's... there's a book by um, Jared Diamond called Collapse, which breaks down the stories of a whole bunch of different societies that have collapsed over time. And it makes an excellent case. Basically, m- almost all of them collapse because of poorly managing their own environment. And he makes an excellent case for why do these people were, I'm sure, smart, I'm sure they had, why did they screw up so bad? And these are basically like some of the ones we're mentioning are some of the things he brings up. You know, it's too slow moving to mobilize anybody with this sense of urgency. It's too diffused for anybody to want to take responsibility. And those are the very issues that we are dealing with today, except that rather than dealing with it in one state, in one place, you're dealing with it at a global level where the collapse can be incredibly dramatic than when just a single society collapsed. Do you, are you hopeful uh, for the future or are you uh, kind of pessimistic, Daniele? Need. I'm kind of, uh, I feel that it's a close race and it could really go either way. God, that's scary. <laughs> um, need more Elon Musk's. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, man. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I, I mean, I guess I guess I'm hopeful, but it it's just like, man, fuck. It, the problem is just it's so large. It's 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 like who's going to get a get a handle on it? It's I mean, I guess we all have to, but trying to get any group of people over a couple thousand individuals to do any to work towards any one particular goal mm-hmm. seems impossible. And we've got right. 7 billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it's hard, it's, hard, it's hard to stay optimistic, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But uh, the way that technology is going, maybe we'll figure out some sort of awesome fix for this problem. Uh, that's, that's sweet. Yeah. That's where, that's, where I, that's where I get any optimism that I have left on this particular topic. It comes mm-hmm. from... Uh, crazy advances in technology right now and people having the right set of mind and the right you know pe- the Elon Musks of the world yeah I mean, yeah 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 totally um so on a little bit uh lighter note did you do you catch the uh the UFC 207 on Friday yeah 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 I saw those uh that was insane yeah, what a night of fights. We started talking about it earlier, but I wanted to save uh, <clears throat> the brunt of that conversation for uh, for you as well, because I figured it'd be something that you might want to weigh in on. But, uh, man, how about... I'm not going to start with where everybody's probably going to assume you're going to start, but how about TJ Dillashaw? He's yep. a stud. He's yep. a stud. Lloyd, you, you being a wrestler... How about those fucking freaky takedowns? Yeah, those takedowns were amazing. Amazing. I was expecting him to to grind him out good like that. I mean, that guy's an animal, and he's gonna come at you like a Tasmanian devil. And that's actually a great matchup for a guy like T.J. Dillashaw that can keep his cool with Cody Garbrandt. No, you're talking about oh, what you the match that happened? Yeah, I was just thinking. I thought you were talking maybe in the future with the. 
Well, his fight against Lineker is what I'm referring to. Yeah, well, no, it was it was amazing. Like yeah. I said, I mean, those takedowns were like lightning fast. I mean, it was like he had. I mean, it, it, it was it was like if you if you taught a chimp how to wrestle. I mean, it, the way he was using his feet was it was just freaky. It was. I mean, I want to rewatch that fight. I was pretty, I was pretty lit. I was pretty hammered. <laughs> but I mean, I definitely, I, I was, I was pretty coherent during the Cruz Garbrandt fight. For whatever reason, I don't know why I would have regained that. But <laughs> that was amazing as well. Um, and then, who would have expected Cruz to lose by decision? Anybody who picked Garbrandt was thinking that he was going to drop him, I, I thought, for the most part. So I thought actually taking it to the distance and decisively winning was almost as impressive if he had finished him in a lot of ways. Going 25 minutes with a guy like Dominic Cruz and winning. Never seen anybody do something like that to Dominic Cruz. Mm. It was uh... oh, man. It was, it was a... It was a good good night of fights. It's just when sure. you think when you think you know what's gonna happen, just <laughs> you just never know, man. It's crazy. I I was so convinced that Cruz, with being in his head the way he seemed, Cody walking off on interviews and stuff. You see something like that, and it makes you think that a guy's not mentally there. But shit, I mean, clearly that wasn't the case when they were in the cage together. Yeah, he was super lucid. It seemed like. I mean, dancing around. I mean, the the memes and the gifs are all over the internet right now of him slipping punches and yeah. uh, dancing in front of Dominic Cruz. I mean, at one point in time, didn't he lay down on the mat and <laughs> he did a push up in the fifth round? Yeah. Um, wow. I thought I was surprised that Cruz kept it on the feet after Cody clearly showed, like, hey. I'm no joke on my feet either, and I mean, who knows if he would have taken it to the ground if there would have been any any big change. But Dominic Cruz took three micro naps. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! I mean, wow! I mean, that 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 fight was the entire all 25 minutes. I don't think I blinked. Um, <clears throat> and then poor poor Ronda. Who did who did you have on that fight, Daniele? No, I I want some money on the on Nunez because I was pretty sure that one round I was gonna lose. He was just I didn't think he was gonna be this bad. Yeah, wow, like, that was yeah kind of uh, like you know it was weird because I was watching the Holly Holm fight and yes she screwed up and yes she got beat up bad. But there were a couple of moments where she got the clinch. She even got uh, the setup for her armbar. You know, it could have gone the other way. Um, it didn't, and she got killed. But still, it was like it wasn't as complete as a wipeout as I remembered it when I first watched it. The one uh, the other day was ridiculous. It's like she looked like she had no clue what she was doing there. She had no game plan, no defensive skill, no head movement, no nothing. You know, it just it looking. It looked like she somebody who just never fought in her life. Exactly. And yeah. they were there, and they say try to keep your hands up. That's really all she was doing. It was, it was so weird to watch. Somebody who was uh, so dominant look so ridiculously lost yeah. during that match. It was like she had never fought in her life. It was like watching an amateur. It was so bizarre. 
it was it's like when it's like when you study your ass off for an exam and you get there and the test is right in front of you you you, you know all the answers but you just draw a blank and you're just like that's just, like you said she did look lost in space out there just with her hands up and no intention on like <laughs> it was just like all right i'm gonna go out there and then it's gonna work out somehow, but it's like uh, it was brutal. Based on what she's, oh, uh, sorry. Oh, um, well, I was just gonna say that based on interviews and stuff with her that I've seen, it just seems like she's someone who's extra susceptible to the type of pressure of being on that stage, and um. I don't know, man. I think the amount of pressure that she was under for that fight was just, man. But that's also, there's some stupidity there. Because it's like, if you know that you operate that way, then you don't ask for Amanda Nunez in your first fight back. You you show humility, which will actually win you fan, and you say, look, I got killed the last fight. I think these girls should fight it out for a bit longer for the title. Let me start back with... Uh, the number 10 contender you yeah know, let me start back at the bottom of the top 10 i win that one then i go to the number five contender and then i win that one then we can talk about title fight you yeah. know but after getting clobbered the way she did with holm you need at least two fights to remember that you can do it to erase the bad memories to gain the confidence back that stepping in the cage does not mean you're gonna die you need that you know yeah yeah Whereas, it helps oh, give me a gimme a gimme yeah, fight throw it at the walls the way they do it's completely stupid because then you're you're done you know you lose the way she lost the other day what's left for her to do you know what do you think if you take one or two fights it can do a whole lot of difference in terms of your confidence feeling that you can still do it and giving you more time to work on your skills you know that would work trying to go for amanda nunez right away is like yeah okay that's complete suicide yeah i mean that in 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 the amount of time that she had taken off in between. I mean, I think that ring rust has got to be a real thing to an extent. And, but I, I think that some people, again, are more susceptible to it than others. And, but, but everything all thrown together. I mean, the, 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 <clears throat> the press that was done. I mean, every UFC promo that you saw just had nothing to do with Amanda Nunes and everything to do with, with Rhonda. She's back, you know, and, Man, that's a ton of pressure. And on top of that, I feel like she maybe had one foot, one foot in, and one one foot out. Uh, sure, sure. And the thing that's funny is that Amanda Nunes didn't even look that great, because you know she was just throwing one, two punches. Yeah, and it was good. The cross was so sloppy. It was like it wasn't really an overhand. It wasn't a cross. It was ridiculously wide. Anybody with any big sense would have blocked it. So it was. Uh, he wasn't that Nunez was amazing. It's just that uh, Rousey was terrible. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what in the hell uh, that uh, Edmund, how do you pronounce his last name? Tar, yeah, whatever, Rivian. Yeah. Um, why you would you would put that in her, her mind that she's going to get up there and stand toe-to-toe with Amanda Nunez and box with her? Like you said, it's not not even that it was that great, but it's that's not what Ronda Rousey's good at. Well, she tried. She tried to take her down, and Amanda Nunez just 
threw her around easily. Like she completely avoided the clinch the one time the Ronda tried. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably told her, you know, don't charge like you always do because um, you got killed by Holm. The yep. problem was she did that and that was good. But then she had no idea what to do after she stopped charging. Yeah. And, not, and so it's kind of like, okay, great that you didn't charge, but you need to have some sense. Like really nobody ever showed her how to shoot a double leg to avoid the clinch and to get to the clinch from lower and work. You know, there are 3,000 ways to work. <laughs> your judo from starting lower so you don't get punched on the way in why weren't they why weren't they doing that you know i yeah. think i think ronda benefited from early on in her career that she just seemed so unstoppable that that people would be afraid like the it's similar to the anderson silva type of war where it's like you lost before you even stepped in there and then once that's gone yeah. it's pretty hard to convince people that you're still a badass and you know like Amanda Nunes wasn't scared of her at all so she's so confident and I think Ronda thrives off of uh, the girls that she would fight to be like you know pretty intimidated like okay it's gonna be hard but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best and try and fight the That's champ anyways you know, she needed two victories. She needed two fights where she reminded everybody that she still got it she reminded herself that she got it and then you could talk about taking a real challenge. She mm-hmm. needed two wins. And they, she, I guess, tried to jump too quickly. They probably pushed her in. Either way, it was stupid. Yeah. Know? With just a really stupid setup. A lot of it, it happens in MMA, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things that, like, I see, my girlfriend just made their pro MMA we, debut. We just know, we wanted three to bring that up. I'm I kind of mad that you brought that up before we got a chance to. I was, I was just going to say, speaking of intimidating, how about Daniele Bellotti's okay. girlfriend? <laughs> Man. That was insane. That was, uh, that was something. Because, I mean, I, she fought on December 11th for Gladiator Challenge. And, I mean, I knew that she could hit hard. Um, there was always the question of how hard is hard. Because, in you know, of course, in sparring, you hold back. And uh, even right. when she did smokers she was always kind of holding back because they are more like friendly matches they are not real full-on fights so yeah you don't want to you don't want to knock somebody's head off in a smoker i guess but man yeah you see and it was funny because i would see some of the opponents not always but sometimes they would really go all out and she was just being super nice i'm like oh come on you know they are trying to hit you hard but you can at least pop them a little and she was always mellow and nice i was like huh is she going to be able to pull the trigger when she needs to? Let, let's go see. Hmm. And then, I guess, I'm assuming you saw the video of the fight. I did, I Good did. God. Yeah, that was, that was something. I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, she knocked her the fuck out. I mean... It... I never... I mean, think about it. When in, in female MMA, when do you see those one-punch knockout powers? You hardly ever see it. You know, you see women overwhelming somebody with 3,000 punches and eventually the ref steps in. Yeah, you like Joanna is a combo kind of girl. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see her knock somebody fucking dead like that. Um, but I mean, yeah. even Amanda, the other day, she had to eat Ronda, what, 20 times? And then Ronda wasn't even completely out yet. It was the ref stepped in because she was just going to get crushed. It wasn't that one punch that just turned the lights out. That is not something you see in female MMA. 
Yeah. And so when that happened, when she just went in and just clocked this poor lady and just put her out for a minute, I was like, holy shit, what was that? Good God. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal. I was like, wow, yeah. that is that is scary. Were you in oh. her corner? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, so I was... I mean, I, I got the feeling that she was going to do well and, you know, you're starting at the entry level where you're not going to fight the toughest opponents, which is how you want to start to gain confidence and all of that. But so I felt like she could do well. I didn't think she could do that well. That was like, oh, wow, that's a whole something else. You know, KO power is a mystery. It's like some people have it, few people have it. And most people don't. And among women, hardly anybody has it. You know, you get the big KO with the kick, maybe. Definitely not on a single punch. So that was a bit of a wake-up call. Hey, Daniele, um, speaking of which, I just found the video. Do you mind? Can we play it uh, for the audience to, to see? Sure. Because you're doing, uh, you do video and audio? Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. All right. Here is uh, Daniele's girlfriend, Savannah. Savage Buddha, M's first pro fight, and it's a vicious knockout. So if you haven't seen this, enjoy this. Maybe we'll skip in a little bit here. All oh, right. Yeah. There, I think I can see him. Here we go. This is scary. It's going to be goosebumps. Oh, oh man. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. And then, um, there it is. The heavy looked like a heavy left there. Um, <clears throat> out cold, and she was out for a while, right, Daniele? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of scary. There was a moment there where, like, oh Jesus! In fact, she went just kind of kneeled next to her afterwards. To she had this face like, is she still alive? Did I just kill this poor woman? What just happened? And luckily, then you know she was okay and stuff. But still, it was um, yeah more than I expected. That's for sure. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do, but nobody ever wants to like really hurt yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you don't want to kill anybody, yeah. but fuck, man, that was brutal. Um, yeah. shout out to uh Daniele Bellelli's girlfriend Savannah M <laughs> on her first pro fight. That is very impressive. Um, she's going to have another one I think in mid-February. She's fighting in uh, Palm Springs. Cool. Very cool. Um Wait, but that's so, like going with what we were saying on the Rousey thing. That's my thinking. Is like I don't want, I don't think it would be wise for her to immediately try to shoot uh, for the high levels of the game, because you want to build yourself up slowly and easy. Fight a few fights that are on the easier end where you are the, the favorite. Get comfortable going in the cage, doing your thing, seeing that it works. And then after, you know, four, five, six, seven fights, you can step to the next level and make it a little more of a challenge. And then, you know, 
very slow and gradual. There's no point jumping into the deep end of the pool right away. Um, I'm less interested in, and I talk with her and she agrees that she doesn't really want to say, okay, if uh, two fights from now UFC calls me, I want to go. I, no, it's like, why don't you go instead in being a big fish in a smaller pond first? And then you can think about whether you want to take it. Because at the highest level of the game, anybody gets crushed. You know, yeah. that's the reality <clears throat> of it. Everybody loses badly, eventually. And the question is, is that what you want to do? You know, maybe. But you, want, you really want to think long and hard about taking that step. I think it's a lot wiser to first to go into the low end, then to the medium end, and stay there for a while and decide uh, what you want to do next. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine how how tempting it would be to get that call super early any fighter that's your dream obviously the big show but yeah i hope that she really listens to you and and takes that approach because this is this isn't a game well i would imagine that if you if you get that call and then you don't you don't you say you know I appreciate it, but I'm going to stay where I'm at for a little while. Yeah, how long not are they going ready? How long are they going to hold you on the shelf after they get that answer? Well, I'm assuming as long as you know you you keep going out there and performing <laughs> yeah. really well. I mean, I'm assuming that door is going to stay open. You know what I mean? Right. As long as you keep doing well, I'm assuming you all you are is you're going to become more valuable to somebody like the UFC as long as you continue to perform. So, I can't see there being a, a big problem with. Uh, not jumping the gun and and going as as soon as you get the offer if if you don't feel like if you're not a world beater yet you know and yep. uh you want to get some more experience first that 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 definitely makes it sounds like the smart thing to do yeah i mean like the other day for example i watched uh, for new year last night there was uh rising you know or however the hell they pronounce it in uh, yeah. the japanese or and you know there there's a lot more spectacle there are some mismatches there is clearly <laughs> no some fighters yeah, that they favor that they want them to shine and they give them advantageous matches mm-hmm. i'm kind of i don't mind that model especially i mean i mind if you want to find out who's the best in the world that's not the model but if you want to if you care about somebody and you want them not to get too horribly hurt it's not a bad deal to work with some with an organization that wants to build you up even the way Pride used to do for their guys, you know, if you notice a lot of the Pride fighters, they would get like three, four, five really easy fights, and then they would have a big, tough fight afterwards. They weren't having a tough fight every single time. And, you know, they built highlight reel that way, they built the mythology around them, they they invested in their fighters more. Uh, yeah. Which is the opposite of what the more the kind of UFC model is which is just go jump into the deep end uh, you just got knocked out by Hollywood get back in there with Amanda Nunes that's not building that's not helping build people yeah I agree Um, and and I'm not by the way I'm not even shooting them down because that is a model that is the sport model of we want the best to fight the best every single time sure and it's great for if that's what you want to do clearly makes for shorter careers because anytime if you're fighting the best every single time you are gonna get banged up badly and your career will be shorter so it really is not even that i criticize them for doing that it's just that's a choice and it's clearly popular for some reasons but there are also some drawbacks to it 
Yeah, I think we touched on that briefly the last time that we talked about uh, like the boxing industry and you know basically yeah. feeding people lesser opponents and fights that you're supposed to win to build them up and like you said to build the mythology around them and everything. But speaking of uh, crazy shit shows and and rising, I mean, I'm assuming that you were kind of uh, alluding to that Gabby Garcia fight with the uh, the 49 year old uh, pro wrestler lady that was fucking nuts man but yeah it's like you said uh, I, d I don't mind the fact that that exists though a lot of people are like no it's not good for the sport but it's not good for the sport in the same way that uh, Dada 5000 and, and Kimbo Slice wasn't good for the sport but it got some ratings um yeah and at a, i mean it, at a minimum it was somewhat entertaining even if the entertainment value was just comedic i mean dada 5000 died <laughs> i mean uh after the fight but he also died during the fight i mean he, he, apparently his heart stopped oh, and not long after. <laughs> and in fact i think if there should be something done in terms of safety you know yes you can have even mismatches but keep it to a level where you can not to a level where you have people who have absolutely no business in there. That's probably not a good idea. I you know? agree. Yeah. We don't need to see Mickey Rourke fighting some random guy off the street. Remember that? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are, that's where it gets weird. I think the way Pride did it was mostly good. You know, there were the occasional works, I'm sure. For the most part, once you avoided the Takada kind of end of the story, the rest was uh, wasn't bad, you know. They would have their mismatches, but they were not quite the 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 complete freak show. I mean, there were some freak shows, particularly early on, but not quite as bad as some of the stuff that we've seen. Or like, yeah, the one from the other day with Gabby Garcia was just—I mean, it was like, what was that? Yeah, that's bizarre. That was bizarre. I mean, bizarre is the right word for it, which is pretty standard, I guess, for Japan, but. Wow, I mean that. How old was how old was that lady? Eight hundred, nine hundred years old, and then Gabby Garcia. Uh, it yeah, was no, that it was, was like it was pretty funny. Oh, man, it was scary. <laughs> it was like, Jesus, oh man, how? I mean, I don't know anything about the the other lady that was a pro. I don't. I don't the pro wrestler uh, lady i guess she was 49 years old i forget her name um but yeah. man i hope she got a, a decent paycheck I, I wonder if she has any like real uh, kind of martial arts experience but it, it was it was almost like a joke i mean the, the fight starts yeah. and she starts going and bouncing off of uh, the ropes like it's like it's the wwe i expected her to well i don't think was going to i don't think she knew she wasn't going to win so she was going to probably play and you try, know that's it because it was clear that she was gonna lose eventually yeah try and but uh, try and yeah, that was that was that's past the line even for me <laughs> yeah no it was super weird i expected her to pull like a 10 foot ladder out and climb it and then jump off the top and yeah. land on gabby garcia or something or set up a, a table in the middle of the ring i was like that is fucking weird <laughs> i couldn't help but yeah, crack yeah. up any anytime people were making those kind of jo jokes on cm punk like <laughs> You knew it was coming. Yeah, I wonder when you know when he'll fight again. Yeah, that's a whole. Nother yeah, that's a case. That's one of the rare cases of UFC going with the spectacle side of things. Mm -hmm. But even then, going with the spectacle, they just threw him at a guy who was gonna beat him. There was not even an effort to just give him a easier fight. Is 
it's interesting. It's uh, it's funny how the matchmaking is so different, the philosophy behind it in these different organizations. Yeah, well, at least they gave him you know two years of training and then threw him yeah. a guy that only had one other fight in the UFC. Uh, or that was his first Mickey Gall's first fight? Was that even in the UFC, or is it just yeah, as well, he had one other professional he had, fight? He had one professional fight that was on the the Dana White YouTube show, and from there they gave him a UFC fight against another guy with very little uh, experience in pro fighting. I think his name was Mike Jackson, and so he smoked him, and then from there that got him. Well, they had postponed. Yeah, but they had postponed the same. I mean, he didn't have a ton of experience, but he was pretty clear that he's a good fighter. Yeah. Well, also, I guess Mickey Gall's been uh, doing jujitsu since he was like fifteen, so he's pretty. Yeah, his his exactly. jujitsu is pretty exceptional, from what I understand. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean that ended up being pretty one sided. But I wonder if I wonder if yeah. we'll see him. We'll ever see CM Punk in the in the UFC again? I'm not against it, but I mean, you gotta. I mean, I, I'm, if he can perform in the UFC, if not, let's let's see him in another organization. Um, yeah. First. Lower. Level. Yeah, exactly. Lower level. He put in the work. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, if he puts in the work and he's ends up, you know, starting starting to uh, knock the dog shit out of a couple people, then you know, let him let him rip if he wants to. But, but yeah, that was a little bit of a spectacle. Yeah. Um, man, though, I still I can't get the uh, the Cody Garbrandt Dominic Cruz fight out of my head, as well as the 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 uh, Lineker and uh, T J Dillashaw fight. Yeah, TJ Dillashaw those definitely made up for the fact that we only got forty eight seconds in the main event. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, it would have would have been like ah fuck. I blew my money. I had a I had Amanda uh, Nunes winning that fight. Um. But I even in my maybe I was just being too nice, but I I didn't expect it to go down like that. I was kind of giving Ronda the the benefit of the doubt, and I was thinking, you know what, maybe uh, maybe she'll get a, a a judo toss in, maybe second round or something like that. And I was like, you know, I think that Amanda Nunes could probably win the exchange on the ground, being that she's a judo brown belt and a and apparently a legit black belt in uh, jujitsu right and i was thinking maybe maybe amanda nunez would get a cool submission you know second round or something like that but it didn't go that way at all she just got the she got the shit knocked out of her yeah it was brutal but oh man yeah, i let my emotions get in the way of that one doing way too much mma math going into that fight <laughs> Like Ronda whooped all these girls' butts that that Amanda lost. I forget who the specific fighters were that Ronda's beat was, and that Amanda lost to, but Katzingano. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was. Uh, I mean, Ronda the other day was a shadow of where Ronda was before. It's not even that she didn't evolve. That's fine. Is yeah. she regressed by ninety five percent? And that's a bit different from not evolving. Yeah, it goes to show you how much of uh, a mental sport it really is. Yeah, I think a lot of it was. I think emotions are a bigger part of it than people give uh, credit to. 
It's uh... well, that's the thing that actually freaked me out about the Gladiator Challenge experience when Savannah fought a little bit because you do see the pressure in the backstage when you're there in a very different way than you see in the audience. Like I would see, you know, the first fights begin to happen and you see some of the people who are sitting there next to you 10 minutes before who come back all bloodied up with their head split open and stuff. And, you know, some people freeze. Mm-hmm. There was one fighter who just refused to go out. Oh, he just man. called the quit and walked away because he got so scared. There was some other dude who went out there and completely froze and couldn't do any of the stuff he normally knows how to do because the pressure is... So and, and in fact, I was I was freaked out. You know, I was like I couldn't put one bite of food in my stomach because I was so clamped down. And I was looking at Savannah, and she seemed born for that. You know, she was I wouldn't call relaxed because if you are too relaxed in that environment, it's probably not the right mentality. But she was ready, just yeah. completely focused, ready to roll, not intimidated, just uh, kind of with this. Okay, let's get down to business. And I'm like. Okay, shit, that's something that you either have it or you don't, you know, you you exactly. can work on it, you can certainly improve over time, but there are some, some people handle that kind of pressure 10 times better than somebody else by nature. Well, that's kind of a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. You you kind of talk about that a little bit in your book, uh, Not Afraid, and for, yeah, you, for you personally. Yeah, I don't handle the pressure well at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with the panic, uh, oh shit moment where you feel that you can barely lift your arm, how are you going to fight kind of thing. What's that trial so by just, fire thing? It's like you said, you, you put yourself in the bad position to make yourself getting used to, or to make yourself get used to uh, feeling that, that crazy pressure. So you get used to it, and it's it's not as bad. Um, but you know what's funny is that for all my getting used to and trying and doing this and that, it's like where I'm at today after all that trying is still is way better than where I started, but it's still like 10,000 miles behind where Savannah is on her first day. It's just like, oh, shit, okay, some, some people are really just built differently, you know, it's like... Yeah. And that and that's funny too. How fear is a relative thing because you have, you know, people are scared. Uh, very common fear that people are terrorized by is public speaking, and yeah. I can do it in my sleep. You know, I don't care. Put me in front of ten thousand people with a microphone. I won't even skip a bit. You know, but uh, in another contest, I'll be really freaked out, and vice versa. The same person who's a Zen monk in one environment may freak when you put them into a different, under a different kind of pressure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's like you said, <clears throat> maybe it, uh, you know, that sort of ability to deal with that kind of pressure comes naturally to uh, Savannah, uh, whereas with you, it was it was it was a trained thing that you didn't come out of the box, you know, set up for. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so definitely. You, you, you personally, you still feel you know, maybe behind where you, – you feel behind where she is, like you said. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And for her, she didn't even have to work for it. And exactly. It, yeah. Yep. Yeah, everybody's different. Um, yep. Well, it's like, and same thing with your example with public speaking. Um, I'm not uh, – particularly afraid of like public speaking or anything like that but i it's not natural uh, to me right like and and yeah. i don't it's not like i do it a lot either but sure i would definitely get some nerves going up and talk to 
three, four hundred people, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, I mean, I feel like I could, you know, put my nose down and, and, and do it, uh, but. No, but I mean, some nerves is normal, you know, you do get a little bit of that, uh, but there's a difference between, oh, I got a little butterflies and I work on it a few times and it goes away versus I'm paralyzed, I'm about to die, I feel so horrible, and I have to work on it 3,000 times before things get better. You yeah, know? the big difference there. between feeling like you're going to throw up before you do it and then or, or being able to just run up there and deal with it and be like... Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I'm sure we probably came to I had to do it a few times to get more and more comfortable, but it was somewhat easy. You know, the pressure was never that bad. The getting over it was relatively quick. So, you know, that's a case of... Yeah, that's that's really not that big of a challenge. Other things are a much, much bigger challenge, and they are a lot harsher, and it takes a lot longer to get over them for me. Well, it's got to be huge with MMA because, man, uh, the, there's the potential for you to get knocked the fuck out in front of a thousand people, or if you're in the UFC, mm-hmm. you know, live in front of millions of people. So there, that's that's mm-hmm. got to be that's a massive amount of pressure. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And in fact, that's why I'm uh, impressed with the people who can pull it off. For sure. Um, so what have you been uh, what have you been working on recently, Daniele? Anything crazy? I know I just listened to uh, a week or two ago. I just listened to the third installment of your uh, Teddy Roosevelt uh Oh yeah, piece on uh, history on fire, which was super interesting to me. Actually, it completely changed a lot of what I thought about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, I mean, it's he's an interesting cat because he's so opposites. There's one side of him that's one way, and the other that's the exact opposite. And he's so he's a kind of messes with the mind of anybody who likes to hold on to black and white views. Because he's so polarizing. There's some amazing stuff about him. There's some terrible stuff about him. And, and he's all rolled into one. So I had fun covering that story. It was a great story. I enjoyed diving deep into it. So that was good. Now I have um, probably a three-part series on the Battle of the Little Big Horn and the clash between um, Caster and the Lakota. Uh, after that, I really need to get cranking down to research because I have nothing else prepared. So I have to really crank down and speed up on my research or my output is going to slow down dramatically. Understandable. So that's what I need to do. And um, I'm also doing a few other things. I put together, a, or rather I am putting together a course on Taoism for Onnit, that they are doing this kind of online courses. So I'm going to do something about Taoism, but a little less in the abstract and more about how Taoist principles can be used to make a bunch of things better from communication to a whole lot of other things. Um, what else? Um, um, I want to start writing a novel. As usual, I have like 72,000 things I want to play with, but let's see which ones I actually get done. Yeah, that's very much like me. I got 8,000 different projects and uh, 8,000 different interests, hobbies. I'm a jack of all trades and a, and a master of nothing. <laughs> effectively um but so i uh, i mean i kind of I, I get that it's um that's cool though the uh in the the thing with on it about uh the the taoism and and taoist principles that's 
Is that going to be one of those like uh, on it academy type yeah. things? I think I, I'm. They've done a couple of them. One done by Aubrey Marcus and done one um, by Corey Allen on meditation. So they'll. Um, I think I'll be one of those. Um, so we'll see. I need to chat with them in the next few days. We'll see how that goes. Cool. Um. <clears throat> Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I also I was think you sent me uh, after the last time that we talked. You sent me a uh, a video about mostly about uh, heel hooks, or not just heel hooks, but uh, all sorts of. Uh, well, it was a jujitsu instructional video that, sure. you, that you had put together. I, I, you have to forgive me. I forget what you called it, but. You sent it to me, and I thought that was uh, it was actually really cool. I watched the whole thing, and I picked up what I the the big thing that I picked up that I haven't seen anywhere is where you said you got it from Boss Rutten, I think, mm-hmm. is uh, the the way that you grip a heel hook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss did it, and I tried it, and it worked a lot better than a regular heel hook. So I was like, well, might as well. Yeah, I've I've gotten a couple submissions just keeping that in mind actually with uh with heel hooks. I thought it was kinda neat. I was like, Yeah, it makes sense. I feel like you yep, got yep. you got more travel with that. It was I can tell he's he's aching to say it. He he got me with your move, dude. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. I tapped Lloyd, but um but uh that's I, I wasn't for the for the record, I wasn't getting ready to call Lloyd out. I call Lloyd out way too way too often on different shit, but um it seems so simple. And um, I guess if you haven't seen it, um, I should probably explain it. But instead of, and I don't know how many people watching this are that deep into jujitsu. This is probably pretty boring um, for some people. But uh, I mean, your standard heel hook—the way that you'd finish that submission—is applying the pressure with your forearm uh, to to twist the the heel towards the inside of the you know if you don't know what a heel hook is just google it people but um the way that Danielli's done it in this video is essentially you're just putting your hand right on the on the heel itself you're putting your palm on the heel and then using your other arm to to push it up and i feel like you have more travel like you can maybe put uh more twist onto it like that because you have further um man that's kind of hard to explain yeah it's kind of hard to explain but it's it was super cool actually i I enjoyed it i thought it was really cool um there are things like that in martial arts that people don't use that are actually still right for the taking because they are good moves and they can be used and once in a while you know it happens and then everybody else starts using them but yeah that's one of the things and it's a bus route and special Yeah, uh, I I can't say I've ever seen um, Boss do that, but it, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to to me, anyway. Um, I thought it was super cool. Yep. If uh, if anybody out there is is interested in it, I will. I still have that link somewhere, but I will. Uh, if you hit us up on our website or on the uh, Facebook page, I can send you a link to Danielli's video on leg locks. Well, I'll have to run in a few minutes because I need to go take care of my daughter who has been an angel just watching her movie, but I think it's coming to an end and I'll have to go back to my daddy duties. Yeah, uh, I was just nudging at Will to let you go. We saw yeah. that you got priors, so... 
I um yeah, we definitely don't want to uh to 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 hold you hostage all day, Danielle. Thank you very much for for coming on and speaking with us again. I I, I like uh, talking with you on our show a lot. It's it's great. We always have a good time. Thanks. Thank you for having me. And by the way, seeing what that did Utis entail, check out, I think I put it, it was one of my last posts on my public page on Facebook. Yesterday, my daughter got a hold of my hair. <laughs> and yeah, th there are pictures to testify what happens next. It's, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter just got done putting makeup all over my wife's face and saying that she was turning her into a lion. And uh <laughs> That was wonderful earlier. Actually, we got a couple of videos that we played on the show. My daughter putting makeup on me and Lloyd. Um, she made us very pretty. Very good looking men. Um, <laughs> again, thank you very much, Daniele. Um, it's always, always, always great to talk to you. It's cool to be able to spend the first day of the year with you, my friend. Thank you guys so much. You guys have an awesome one today and for the rest of the year. Hell yeah, you too. Um, did you want to plug anything before you leave? I mean, usual stuff, you know, podcast, the History on Fire podcast, Drunken Taoist, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I think all of the stuff we've been chatting about, you know, people who are into MMA, you want to check out Savannah's page on Facebook. Yeah. There's, um, I'm trying to think how they can get it. I don't know if you do episode notes or something, but you can throw it in there. There's a public page. Um, all the good stuff. I'm sure Google will assist you if you want it bad enough. Yeah, we'll we'll track down some information and put it in the uh, description of the of the podcast on uh, on YouTube and on the Facebook account as well. Uh, again, awesome. thank you, Daniele Daniele Bellelli, History on on Fire podcast, um, the Drunken Taoist podcast. You can find those pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, check out onit.com. Datsusara. All of that cool stuff Daniele's involved in. Um, again, thanks a lot, Daniele. We really appreciate it. It's always a good time talking to you. Take it easy, man. Of course. You have a good one. Take care. You Bye. too, man. Have a good night. You too. And Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, you too, guys. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Awesome. Shit, how much did we get? How was that? An hour and a half. Big thanks to Daniele Bellelli for coming on the show. He's always super cool and, of course, always welcome on the show. Daniele could call me in the middle of the night and I'd be like, hold on. I'm going to... We're going live. We're going live, <laughs> Daniele. Of course, he's not He's not doing that. Daniele's a busy guy, but um, it's always super cool when he comes on. It's been twice now. Um, Yeah, for sure. Check out uh, Daniele's girlfriend. Look out for her. Man, uh, that'd be cool as shit to see her in the UFC, something like that, eventually, at some point in time. That knockout is vicious. Vicious knockout. Um, <clears throat> so like I said, well, also we're going to have the 360 you know, VR experience up, which... I didn't have any of Daniele's audio for like the first half of it. I noticed and I that. Eventually, I noticed eventually that. turned it on, but it'll still be kind of neat, you know, a little uh, mind trip into uh, or or trip into uh, the Let Them Know Studios. So it just has like a lens on the front and back of it. Mm-hmm. And then it stitches the two images together. It's actually well, I sent you, I sent you. Uh, yeah. The one the other day. Well, that the one that you sent me, I actually, I, I'm an idiot. I didn't even realize until you were. Uh, earlier posting the 
the virtual reality were on YouTube, I didn't even realize that you can click it and do it that way. I was just like, because I was confused when you were trying to explain how you had the camera. I was like, okay, well, how does that really work if you don't have the glasses on? But I get it now. Yeah, well, um, you've probably seen videos before on Facebook or whatever that, you know, you yeah. just turn your phone and you yeah. can see it. But on YouTube, if you hit the Google Cardboard icon in the bottom right corner when you go, it splits it up into a stereoscopic image. And you put the headset on if you have one, and uh, you can look around. You put headphones on, it's got, you know, the binaural audio as well, so it's it's kind of like being there. Some sort of weird matrixy digital way. Technology's getting crazier and crazier as, as, uh, as the days go on, man. It's 2017. Do you ever think about 2020 when you were a kid? I never did. Yeah, not really. I, I remember thinking like, man, the year 2000, 2000, 2000. Y2K. I'm to make that even better. Just put be like, you know, the year 2000. 2000. Um, <laughs> and that was the future. Now, that's 17 years ago. That's the past. Now, that's that's damn near two decades ago. Yeah, using the year 2000 for, like, math is, as far as how long ago things were now. Yeah. It also makes me feel old. Uh, I'm going to be 30 in, like, four months, five months. And people are going to be legal adults soon that were born in the year 2000. What the hell? You mean in the year 2000? 2000. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you were born in 2000, you're going to be turning 17 this year. That means 365 days from now, you'll be able to fucking vote and all that shit. Join the military. Go kill people abroad if you want. Um. Yeah, I was going to tell you to do that. Wow. It's uh, always an honor to have Danielle on again. And Lloyd, you're going to have to remind me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some of their, or some of his information in, in the description of this thing. Yeah. And the one on uh, YouTube as well. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm all stopped up. Still, this congestion is just killing me. I got to. I gotta chug a bunch more cough medicine. <clears throat> but it's not as bad as it has been. <clears throat> Should have came with a mask. You bastard. With a mask? Yeah, you're definitely... You got it. You're getting it. I'm gonna give you the consumption again. <laughs> um... That's super cool. I feel like I touched on all, everything that I wanted to uh, to touch on with Daniele this this time, for the most part. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to think if I missed anything, but I mean, there's there, there's still the. I want to do more of like a full year recap of of some of the highlights of the year. Yeah. Well, but shoot. Let's do it. I know. I'm just trying to. I mean, just based 
off of MMA, yeah, but shit altogether. I guess kind of got to start off with Harambe, huh? <laughs> yes, you do have to start off with Harambe. Actually, before we even get going on this, actually, you can you can get going. You can uh, keep going for a minute, but I gotta. I'm gonna have to hit the head real quick. Also, I uh, think I'm gonna get. I'm gonna grab me a beer. Okay, I'll be back in a minute. Hey, can we play something? What do you want me to play? Um, like music or? Yeah, play some Sven. And get the money flowing for a quick little interlude. Get the what now? Get the money flowing for a quick little interlude. Alright, we're going to take a little... Little breather for a minute. Play you some some Sven Diamond. Take a little mid-show break if uh, if you want to hang out for a little while. Laura Nelson just said R.I.P. I'm assuming she's talking about Harambe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. Very very sad. Dicks out, ladies and gentlemen. What track do you think we should play, Lloyd? Play the boss. Is it just called the boss? Just play like playing that 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 boss. Yeah, I'm gonna play banger, and then you can play the track. Show's not over, ladies and gentlemen. Stick around if you want, or if you don't, you know whatever. Go fuck yourself, lovingly.
Whoo! World of relief. In a whole world of relief. Um. Man. Happy New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. Um. A year in review. Uh, I'm going to put these glasses on so that I look smart again. I don't need them. And the lenses don't do anything, but actually I don't even know where they came from. But they're getting used. So, um, Lloyd wanted to talk about everything that happened this year. There's obviously been a lot of deaths. Uh, a lot of celebrities dying. Um... Including uh, some obviously uh, pretty notable ones, you know, Princess Leia, as of recent, and her mom, who apparently was also an actor. I don't really actually know anything about her, but there's that. Wait, uh, Carrie Fisher's mom, you said? Yeah, yeah. What did she what did? Pass away? Yeah, she died like a like a day later or something. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, planning uh, Carrie Fisher's. Yeah. Laura Nelson's bringing up Prince. That's that's another one. Prince was a butt. No, that was a big one. David Bowie. Yep, Bowie. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali, David Bowie, Prince, Princess Leia. Um. So. Uh, I mean Harambe to say the least. Everybody was ready for this year to end, for sure, it seemed like. There's so much stuff that was going on, you know, before New Year's, people were like, you know, I can't wait <laughs> for, for for New Year's to, to put this fucking year in the ground. People wanted 2016 to just fucking go away. Could we get a redo? We get a mulligan. It's just, a pretty good year for me. What if everyone yells mulligan at the end, at, like when the ball drops on New Year's? There's a mulligan. Also, does the ball drop? Fuck, I never even thought of this. Does the ball drop at different times depending on where you are? <laughs> Is it? I mean, theoretically, it was. Uh, yeah, that's East Coast shit, baby. Theoretically, it was still 2016. <laughs> For a couple hours, when the ball dropped here, it was still 2016 for people like Daniele Bellelli. Right. Over in L.A. But, uh, I don't know, I always thought the uh, the ball dropping ceremony thing was like a entire guess, U.S. thing. I thought I pretty much everybody it. tuned in. Maybe they delay it for the people out there? I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't know either. But, uh... Huh, yeah, I hadn't really given that much thought. But yeah, so you wanted to do kind of a year in review? I wish I had more of a setup going with that. Let's see if we can pull something up. It just says 2016 in a review. Let's see what kind of article. Yeah, let's let's at. let's just take a look at a list. Let's see if we can get something interesting going on.
Washington Post. Click it. Or hmm. ticket. Hmm, click it or ticket. Pour me one of those bad boys, Lloyd. Please. So. Uh, this looks like a fucking... This article may as well be in French. I have no idea what the hell this is even talking about. Just a bunch of shit. Weird articles. I mean... Obviously, you know, as a recent Donald Trump gets elected in 2016, uh, we've... Fuck, I mean, who else died? A bunch more people died, too, right? I mean... Uh, You'd think I'd have something good to say about 2016. I know one thing good I can say is that a little show popped up out of nowhere called Let Them Know Podcast. Goddamn right. That's something good, beneficiary, beneficiary, uh, beneficial that happened in 2016. Cheers. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Happy New Year's. To letting them know in 2017. Yep, we're going to let you know all year. I don't know, we keep saying we're going to let people know, but I'm not sure what all we've let people know. I don't know, I dropped a little bit of knowledge earlier about solar energy, and, uh... Well, I'm, I'm selling us short. Some valuable information that uh, comes through on our show. Um... Oh, Laura Nelson bringing up uh, Leonardo DiCaprio won his first Oscar, I guess, uh, 2016. So it was a good year for him. I think that's worth mentioning. Sure. Goddamn great actor. Guy is a good actor. Um, Shit, hit us, people. Well, hit us with some highlights. Yeah, what, what good shit happened to you this year in 2016? You know, a lot of people had a lot of good things that happened that weren't necessarily well-known. I mean, I didn't have a bad year, personally. Um, Shit, man, I met a lot of new people this year. Yeah, it was, it was a good year for that, for sure. I'll drink to that. I will drink to meeting Lloyd, starting the show. Hashtag let him know. Found these sweet glasses. <laughs> Found these. Um, it's weird how time seems like it's going by so slow, especially when you're like a kid. And then my son just turned eight. My daughter's getting ready to turn five. It just keeps going. And and now it just seems so fast. It's it's accelerating. Well, that's that's basic math, really. I mean, a ten-year-old versus a twenty-year-old's life. Time moves literally half half that speed as a ten-year-old. Seems know. seems like it, for sure. As I, it seems like well, your perception you of time gets faster the more time you've perceived. What's another year, you know? What's another month? Exactly. A 25-year-old versus a 50-year-old. A 50-year-old's just like, well, I... 
the 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 rate of time moving at that stage is literally twice as fast. Um, I'm not doing a good job explaining it, <laughs> but it, it's 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 a matter of perception, though. You know, because obviously it doesn't literally move as fast. But I kind of had a theory about. Um, size in the universe size compared to I, I called it like time perception frequencies I think things on a massive scale if there was say a being the size of Jupiter I would I would assume that its perception of time would be extremely slow and things like human beings on a planet would seem to blink in and out of existence like that like nothing I mean, it's like if you look at things that are very small, their entire lives may only be a couple of days to us, like mosquitoes and ants and shit. Right. But that's their entire life, so it kind of makes you wonder if if they look up at us and they see something that's moving in slow motion. It's kind of like flies seem to have unreal reflexes when you're swinging at them. Oh yeah, Laura Nelson's throwing out the knowledge tonight. She's got, she said, "R.I.P. China." So yeah, I forgot That's a about good that. One. China died too. So here's here's a list of uh, notable deaths from CBS. Jesus, I don't know her. Is that twenty four out of one hundred and fifty one? Let's go with uh, this. Tammy Grimes. Hit that hit actress, that Tammy Grimes. Button. I don't know who that is, but let's see. You got. Obviously, Carrie Fisher, Leia. Um, who else is on here? Uh, you recognizing anybody? Let's no, just, just hit next. We'll yeah. just we'll just go through here. Oh, Bobby, go the other way. Bobby V. I don't know who that is. Um, apparently a lot of Janet people. Reno. Janet Reno. Uh, wow, that is not a very appealing I? picture. Um, Will Ferrell played her. <laughs> Will Ferrell played her in SNL. I, I know she's got some kind of political role. I'm well, it's not, not very, it's not very flattering. I didn't know that she died, but rest in peace, Janet Reno. Oh yeah, rest in peace, Janet Reno. Oh yeah, obviously you got Leonard Cohen. That's another one. People Pull this were, up. People were salty about this. So one. They can see. Um. There's your, there's your Leonard Cohen. Um, she said, "Yeah, she's she's still killing it." Robert Wilder. Oh uh -huh. yeah, that's right. Gene Wilder, Arnold Palmer. What? She just said that right as you pulled that up. Well, I didn't actually pull it up. Oh, never mind. But I was reading all, actually off of her. I stole it from her. Um, who the hell is Leon Russell? Am I am I stupid? Delta Lady. Somebody's got to know who this dude is. That they're like, God, you're so stupid, Will. You don't fucking know who Leon Russell is. He played in. Uh, <laughs> I'm still looking for it. The Beach Boys. The Birds. Mr. Tambourine Man. I don't know. Um, I mean, I was. Somebody knows who he is. Gwen Hill. I don't know. I don't know who she is. 
apparently a former former uh, reporter for the New York Times and the Washington Post. Sharon Jones, Florence Henderson. I'm not, I mean, this is a huge list. I, there's people I didn't know about. Ron Glass. Fidel Castro got that 16 spot. Ron Glass. Uh, Phil, uh, some of our audience may know this guy. Isn't he from Firefly or something? I think he is. I think Ron Glass is from Firefly. I, I don't watch the show, but I know people that do. So there's that. Uh, I don't know who Fritz Weaver is. But uh, he's dead as two. He's dead as two. You know, I'm just going to keep making up weird ways to speak English here, ladies and gentlemen. Let him know. Hashtag let him know how to speak English fucked up. Um, Jim Delegati. I know that name, but who the fuck is that guy? You know? No clue. No clue? Uh, let's see. I guess it should he, get oh, more interesting down to the top ten. He owned a McDonald's. William Christenberry? This 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 list, I feel like, is very inclusive. I feel like it's going to be like somebody I know in a minute that nobody... <laughs> that uh, I didn't know was dead. Because, thankfully... Okay, this guy was in Game of Thrones. I know him. Peter Vaughn? Va Vaughan? I'm assuming it's Vaughn. Yeah. It's just got a couple extra British letters in there. I'm sure Steve Rawlings will... <laughs> Hashtag let us know why they exist, but um, sometimes you got to be proper. Uh, Greg Lake, co-founder uh, co of King Crimson. Oh shit! I didn't know this guy died. Meanwhile, I'm a, I'm a King Crimson fan. We brought this up a couple episodes ago, talking about, or last episode. Letting you know right now. Yeah, letting the fucking internet is letting me know. I didn't know this guy was dead. Um. Wow. Greg Lake, R.I.P. King Crimson, one of the best bands ever, if you haven't heard them. Uh, I'm a big fan of King Crimson. John Glenn, wow. Hmm. I remember being in elementary school watching him. First American to orbit the Earth, John Glenn. R.I.P. Alan Thick, sorry. Sorry, this is so depressing right now. We're just looking at dead nah, it's people. Okay, on the list. we gotta <laughs> gotta remember them. Yeah, in remembrance. I feel like we should play some some sappy music, but I don't know. We're we're too deep in this thing to turn on any music right now. Oh, that was a big one for me. Craig Sager, who's this? He's a he's the halftime reporter for NBA games. He he's known for wearing like the most. Crazy suits. suits, yeah. That's he, what it looks like. He's he was just he was just a good uh, interviewer. Uh, hey man, shout out to Craig Sager. <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in peace, Craig Sager. I don't know. Sasa Gabe Gaber Gaber. Um, I looks like she's an actress. I I'm sorry, guys. I don't know who this is. And we're in the top five now. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, what the heck? Okay, that one. Uh, okay, yeah. here we go. George Michael. So the top four, I guess, is the is the ones that you probably heard of. But George Michael, R.I.P. Uh, you got to have faith, guys. Um, he's out. Did you see my dedication video to him? I believe I did, sir. 
but uh, off the top of my head. Oh, you know what? I'm going to... I don't think I watched the entire video. But yes, I did. I did see part of it. Um, number three is Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Number one's gonna be. Yeah, who? Hope. Who's Hope. your guess for number two and number one? I well, they just showed us two, and I didn't even know who the fuck that was. Did they? I went the other way. I thought. No. No. You made it pop up for a second, and I didn't okay. recognize her. All right. Well, who's your guess for number one then? Number one should be Muhammad Ali. But I don't think it's going to be. Laura Nelson is saying Nancy Reagan as well. So I didn't know Nancy Reagan died. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate with when uh, anybody dies, whether or not they are a sensible human being or not. Um, Debbie Reynolds. That's, uh, I, I, should, I should know better. Well, no, that that's... Princess Leia's mom. Oh. It's Carrie Fisher's mom. That's okay. what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yep. Drum roll. She, she passed right almost immediately afterward, uh, planning Carrie Fisher's uh, funeral. Which, it's obviously something that no parent ever wants to do is to outlive their children. Man, that's got to be rough on the heart, trying to plan your own child's funeral. I've been there for parents that are doing exactly that. Good friend of mine, um, which I've talked about a couple times on the show, actually. It's uh, it's very sad. It's extremely sad, especially when you know they're the age of, say, my buddy that that uh, that died about a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, well, Rich Iverson. I'll take a shot to that. I'll um, take a shot to that as well. I had two of my college buddies pass away this year. Really? One being my roommate for two years. The other being somebody that was roommates with my roommates. Like, uh, rest in peace, Tyler. Rest in peace, Charlie. Two um, good folks leaving us too early. Wow. So, who did you say you you got Muhammad Ali being number one? He deserves to be. Well, according uh, that, according to us, I mean, uh, yeah. How do you say like who's more important than who? Well, more? let's just see who it is. I don't really even have a guess. It's going to be Harambe on. Uh, CBS, <laughs> CBS News website. It's going to be Harambe, number one. Oh, William Christopher, who I, if he's number one, I feel like I should know who he is. Yeah, this this list uh, was it made? <laughs> I mean, who knows? <coughs> he he uh, looks like he's a method actor. Best known for playing the kindly and gentle Catholic priest Father Francis 
Did we go the wrong way? Mokahi. Well, we're at number one, so I don't know which one fifty one. The number one. Maybe, person? maybe. Let's I don't see. Think well, so. they're not going to put Carrie Fisher all the way, all the way down there. Let's let's uh, let's let's just start here, and we'll go to the other way up. Oh, we ended up right at Prince. How is Prince not? Is uh, this Prince is number ninety eight on this, this list? Or not? Okay, can we pull up a different list for this? Okay, well, we're gonna end up. Doubling down. Let's just check this list out real quick. We'll go the opposite way a little bit for a couple minutes, and then we'll find another less uh, depressing list to look at. How about that? All right. All right. Prince is at 98 on CBS. Uh, Amazing musician. Prince, if you don't know, is one of those guys that can play just about every instrument. He's about two and a half feet tall. And uh, thought that chemtrails were people spraying some sort of shit that made people fight. And uh, very good musician. Good shit. Um, R.I.P. Prince. Guy Hamilton. I don't have any fucking idea who that is. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful as we go, but if I don't know who they are, I'm going to go ahead and not stop. Here's this guy, Les Wass. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who that is. Oh, man. That's a good one. Doris Roberts. She's I recognize her. What Grandma's boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. R.I.P. Doris Doris Roberts. I didn't know... Didn't know she died, honestly. Who else we got? Ann Jackson. I don't know who that is. Tony Award-nominated actress... Merle Haggard. Um, I didn't know Merle Haggard died this year, either. Um, that's, uh, somebody who I, who I, you know, I don't, I don't know that much about Merle Haggard, but... <coughs> pretty notable country artist. Oh, man. Again, I'm sorry for the sniffling and the coughing. You know, I haven't sneezed yet, though. I'd like to get one of those on audio. Those are my sneezes have been gnarly the past couple days. They're like, it sounds crazy. Um, Soon we'll get the VR with the 3D and everything, and it'll. Be I'll good. sneeze right on the camera. It'll be like I sneezed in your face. Um, mm. Joseph Medicine Crow, uh, pictured here with Obama, Obama. At 102, it appears. Acclaimed Native American historian Joseph Medicine (laughs) Crow, born October 27, 1913, and died April 3rd this year, or, well, last year, was the last surviving war chief of the Montana's Crow tribe. Huh. It's another thing I I, I didn't know. Uh... Interesting, though, because wasn't Daniele just talking about the Battle of Little Bighorn? Yeah. Er, uh, he, he recalled listening as a child to stories about the Battle of Little Bighorn from those who were there, including his grandmother's brother, White Man Runs Him. What? Right, White Man Runs Him? Is that his name or something? Uh, yeah, looks like that's his name. White Man Runs Him. A scout for Lieutenant Colonel George Armstrong Custer. Hmm. 
the first of his tribe to receive a master's mm -hmm. degree. This is the, this is kind of interesting, actually. Um, so, uh, it may. Not, Laura's asking, are we sure this list is in order of importance? Um. Who knows? Uh, but how also, that's a good question, though. How do you rank importance of dead folks? Uh, because it's arguable, but importance, uh, yeah, I think the word that we're looking for is actually notoriety, probably. Because a lot of these people are actors, and I mean, they may not have done necessarily that much that's necessarily important, but... Uh, they might be more well-known. Because, you know, I'm sure somebody's in grandfather died this year that was extremely important to them. Um, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be snarky or anything like that. I'm being, I'm being serious, but I'm just trying to make a point. Um, importance is subjective. So, uh, this guy seems pretty important to me. The... Uh, Joseph Medicine Crow being a historian, a Native American historian um, that spoke directly as a child with people who were involved with the Battle of Little Bighorn. That's, as far as importance is concerned. Meanwhile, Carrie Fisher, who I'm not saying she's not important, but I mean, basically, Princess Leia from Star Wars. Super awesome. Star Wars is the shit. I'm, I'm a fan, personally, but... Um, this, to this say list. that's more important than somebody who is yeah importance is, is subjective obviously uh, this guy is important to somebody but I don't know who the fuck it is it looks like he's a saxophone player uh, Gato Barberi uh, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong but uh, you know you know who I bet you could pronounce that perfectly Daniele yeah that looks kind of Italian to me. I mean, maybe I'm probably wrong, but anyway, this guy, he's gone. R.I.P. Zaha Hadid. And I don't, again, I, I don't know. Looks like, uh, an architect. First woman to win the Pritzker prize. Known as the Nobel prize of architecture. Seems so. like a very intellectual list. Well, it's interesting, to say the least. I mean, I'm learning people I, I've never never heard of. Uh, Ronnie Corbett is a British comic, apparently. Patty Duke, who... Uh, got no idea. Actress. Uh... She played Helen Keller in a play in 1959, The wow. Miracle Worker. Interesting. Jim Harrison, who, author and outdoorsman. I, again, uh, I don't know, but I'm also uncultured and I'm retarded, so go fuck yourself. It looks lovingly. like he lived a good life to me. That's what it looks like. You can tell by how closed his eyes are. That's why people look at me and they're like, you know what, that guy looks like he's lived a good life. Speaking of how closed my eyes appear to be, um, oh, 
Yeah, I know that guy's face. The Larry Sanders show. Gary Shandling. But anyway, I was getting ready to say, I just sent my spit. I spit into a thing. A bunch. I was like... (laughs) Just spit a bunch into a tube. And then sent it to Ancestry.com. They're going to run my... My genome. They're going to check my genetics out. Tell me where I'm actually from. Because I don't know. That shit's nuts. Everybody says that I look Asian because of my eyes, I guess. If I find out I'm like partially Korean somewhere, it's going to be fucking interesting as hell. Otherwise, it's just going to be like, well, he's uh, some sort of weird... He's got a birth defect. (laughs) He's a white dude with... uh, Born with his eyes partially closed. Um, But that'll be interesting. Have you ever thought about doing that? It's like costs like a hundred bucks but to me it's worth it um i just sent it out the other day yeah that's cool maybe i'll find out that genetically i really am a hobbit i don't think they have any uh hobbit genes like uh to to compare to i'm not sure but that might be completely made up the hobbit thing (laughs) actually that's where you're wrong well i'm aware of other uh Subspecies of of uh, Homo sapien. Homo sapiens were real. Homo sapien. Halflings were real. Um. Anyways, my wife's also bringing up that uh, Carrie Fisher was a huge advocate for mental health issues, which is, which is true. Um. And everybody should know that I'm not trying to downplay anybody's death, but uh, there's eight thousand. Uh, I'm looking at them right now in front of me. Just what CBS News is is considering notable. Uh, I'm not trying to downplay anybody, but uh, it's like I said, importance is nonetheless uh, subjective. So, um, but yeah, Carrie Fisher, huge advocate for mental health uh, issues and 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 awareness, and that's very true. Uh, speaking of mental health and awareness and everything like that, uh, hopefully sometime soon. I'm still working on it. But Rick Doblin and the people over at MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, they're very busy people working on a lot of very important, uh, very important treatments for uh, things like post-traumatic stress. And um, when people hear post-traumatic stress, they generally, I think... Uh, tend to think or or their mind direct goes goes immediately to um, post traumatic stress caused by a warfare or well um, experience in the military and military conflicts well uh, one of our friends actually wants to get on the show and and elaborate more on that from his personal experience so it would be great if we can somehow tie both of those in together if we can i mean i guess it doesn't have to be like that but i he he recently reached out to me and said that he wanted to open up and talk about you know an, an actual grunt who's on the f- on the front lines of our for fighting for our country so that's super cool i'm i'm totally totally in for that actually um you know, I uh, I come from a, a military family. 
you know Me so it's well. it's uh it's something that's that's actually really important to me, but it's not. Uh, but specifically, I just, I just want to make the point that uh, Maps is not doing research specifically having to do. Well, what I wanted to get across is that is that PTSD is not something that just soldiers deal with. PTSD literally, well, I mean, it it's post traumatic stress syndrome. So. Anybody can have something traumatic happen to them and experience symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Yeah, man. So sexual abuse. Yes, exactly. Sexual abuse is is huge. Um, But also soldiers. Also soldiers. Very much also soldiers. And I'm trying to downplay that. Um, But 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 uh, well. We still got to. Uh, uh, I still want to go, go through. through the, not the whole list, but I want to go through a couple more. We'll All do right. a couple more, and I'll get rid of it anyway. Um, just kind of a little side note. Maps. At some point in time, we're going to get a representative from them, at least hopefully, um, on the show. But we're small fish, so um, if you're feeling froggy, reach out to Maps. Go to Rick Doblin's Facebook page or Maps their website and hit the contact button or whatever's there and tell them that they should get a representative on the let them know show to talk about what they're doing because uh um <clears throat> it's very important the work that they're doing is very important laura nelson changing the subject from across the internet <laughs> uh, she says best tv shows of 2016 her picks stranger things game of thrones and then it says the night of, and it cuts off. So I don't know what she's exactly talking about, but I got one at the top of my list. But uh, um, uh, we'll, we'll address that in a second. I still I want to hit a couple more of these. I want to find a couple more that are that are more maybe a little bit more well known. Uh, Joe Garangiola. I don't know who that is. Baseball S- announcer. Okay, we're gonna on. keep going. Ken Howard. Uh, keep going. Play guy. Fife Dog. Uh, I don't, um, you know, rest R- in peace. R.I.P. R- 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 Five Dog. I don't know. I don't know very much. Larry Drake. I'm sure, somebody meant something to somebody. Oh wow, Frank Sinatra Jr. I didn't didn't know about that, but anyway, um, Frank Sinatra Jr. R.I.P. Uh, Ernestine Anderson. R.I.P. Keith Emerson. Um, this guy looks like a musician. Who do you play for? Maybe Emerson Lake. Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yeah, Emerson. Yep. Uh, R.I.P., buddy. Ken Adam. George Martin. That's, well, there's one that's notable uh, yeah. for me. Also, again, I did not know. I didn't even know this. Uh, well, George I mean, Martin's dead. I didn't know. Because it's not like a surprising death. He was just old. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, They're not like, oh, man, we weren't expecting this. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Longtime uh, manager, I believe, would be the right uh, word for it, of the Beatles. So, um, Coolest place I've ever been in the world. Liverpool? Liverpool. We were talking about that last time, I think. Never been to the to uh, There's Nancy. Nancy Reagan's. There on you this go, list. Laura. Yeah, notable for sure. Uh, See, I, oh, Laura's also saying Fife Dog is uh, Tribe Called Quest. I oh know. shit! Thank yeah. you for that. 
Yeah, thanks for the... You know, I didn't read through the whole thing. I love anyway. Tribe Called Quest. All I know really is Q-Tip. Other than that, I, I I don't know if I could name any of the other members, but I am definitely a fan, so I feel a little bit disrespectful for writing him off that fast. This is kind of what uh, me and Daniele, or, or, or we and Daniele were talking about earlier, about... Uh... Oh, shit. Well, I was just looking at this. Um... Nancy Reagan is well known for being a huge anti-drug advocate and caused a lot of a lot of problems with that. Uh, the war on drugs, personally, uh, and and the Reagan administration was caused a lot of mess that that we're still putting up with today. But um, you gonna you gonna know, cause my family to dis- disown me, man. These, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, my dad, my dad's an advocate of Reagan and shit too. But you know, um, whatever. Anyway, that's not that's not what I'm getting at. But shout out to Ronald Pagan. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Billy Wayne. Um, says here she was also a passionate advocate uh, advocate for lifting the restrictions on stem cell research, which is. Generally, something that the hardcore conservatives are—that's not exactly what you would expect from that. Which I didn't know. I didn't know about Nancy Reagan. R.I.P. Nancy Reagan. Um, Ray Tomlinson. I know that dude's name, but I don't know the inventor of email. Apparently. Wow. Oh, you know what? I have heard of this guy, but uh, I just—you know—I'm I'm relatively uneducated. All in all. Eh, R.I.P., man. Pat Conroy. Uh, Looks like a politician. Or uh, well, he's wearing a tie and a suit, so who knows. Um, uh, an author? Author. Uh, the Prince of Tides. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Joey Feek. Musician, apparently. Sorry, I'm skipping these. If these people mean a lot to you, you can tell me that uh, I need to die in the comments section or whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better. Berta Cacares. I'm trying my best, people. Honduran teacher and environmental activist. R.I.P. Tony Dyson. Oh, R2-D2? R2-D2, yeah. Um... There's a meme going around about about that. Uh, anyway, yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. R2D2. You know him and uh, oh, George wow. Kennedy. Yeah, I know this dude's face, but I can't name anything else. He's a cool hand, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this guy was like a. 50s, 60s actor, bully. This looks like a screenshot from fucking... What is that? Spartacus? I mean... I think that's from Cool Hand Luke. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, then like... Uh, opposite Paul, Paul Newman, obviously, and Cool Hand Luke, and... Portray <coughs> memorable characters in the airport films, Earthquake, The Gambler, and the TV series, The Blue Knight. 
R.I.P. George Kennedy, uh, Sonny James, country singer, Harper Lee. Oh, that's a big one. Harper Lee? Yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, is she the author? Oh, yeah, okay. R.I.P. Um, if that you was one of my favorites from if, high school. If I don't remember anything you did in your life, I'm... Uh, I'm not going to wish you to rest in peace in the afterlife uh, because I'm just a bad person. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm just kidding. It's, you can't know everything. L.A. is saying, go look at the 13th Amendment on Netflix. It's a good documentary, and the war on drugs is mentioning why they did it. I'm assuming he's talking about the Reagan administration and everything. Hmm. Sounds like it might be uh, worthwhile to look into. Umberto Eco. Uh, looks like author. Rest in peace, huh? Rest in peace, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, Justice Scalia. How did you read that out like that? Huh? Oh, just... No, I'm sorry. I was... Well, I he's, was a, he's a Supreme Court justice. Well, yeah, you're... You're making me look like the dumb one right now. <laughs> I know. I, I'm getting that now. Everyone knows Lloyd's the smart one and I'm the stupid one. Um, I'm just kidding. Everybody knows. I'm extremely, extremely smart. Like, I'm... For I'm, sure. I, I, I was just like, Justice Scalia, <laughs> is, I, I saw Antonine. <laughs> <laughs> um, rest in peace, Justice Scalia. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name, but uh, former United Nations Secretary General. Uh, um, you can read it. It's on the show. I'm sorry. I, but, but, <sighs> fuck, I guess I'll try. Um, Bo Boutrous? Boutrous? Boutrous Gali? Sorry, guys. Rest in peace. Vanity. Who the fuck is that? I don't... Denise Matthews. Stage name Vanity. Protégé of Prince. Okay. Rest in peace. Died the same year. That's interesting. Alright. See, I think we're just... Yeah, now this is getting, getting... This is getting crazy. But anyway. Um... I want to find one that's a notable events. Why does that look so weird? What? Oh, well, the text is kind of small. I don't. I don't know exactly what happened, but um, what do we got here? This is. Who knows? <laughs> I'm looking at your phone you're like pointing at my phone like you've got the same thing up dude same thing um see that's what happens when Lloyd starts feeding me shots as I start doing stupid shit and this is this website is 
moving really I can't even can't even scroll down this is this is killing me here um man this year this year has been something let's try this site one more time I'm just gonna okay what do you think was the highlight of your year will the highlight of my year my personal year would be us starting this show personally um seems pretty easy to say that on here but i actually believe that you're being genuine no i am um uh i i've i've, I've had a ton of fun uh doing this show with with you guys and it uh it means a lot to me it's just a it's a hobby that is just uh i can't i it it gives me a sense of purpose to an extent in that i can kind of tell people what i'm thinking and even though you know we have a relatively small audience and uh but i appreciate every single person that wants to watch and we have some people that are that are like when 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 someone tells me like chris joel's wrote the other day yeah he goes where's my fucking podcast yeah that's because we nice. bailed out on a on on one of our shows because of work and everything and i'm just like man just the fact that somebody is interested enough that they, they want to listen Shout out to Chris, big yeah, time shout there. To, shout out to Chris, Jules. Um, but just the fact that anybody wants to listen is cool, and I'm and I'm hoping that we're providing something that um, makes your day better or more interesting, and that's really what we're here to do uh, with this show. And it's fun for me. That's why we do it. Uh, we don't make any money. In fact, it costs money to run this whole thing, this whole apparatus that is the Little No Podcast. And and one day, if we make money on it, even better. But if we don't, it, it still doesn't matter. Um, for the time being, the show's just going to keep going on. We 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 you know we like to get together and just talk and uh, find interesting people to talk to and talk about cool shit and martial arts and 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 news and what's going on in the world and just bullshit and make dick jokes and shit like that and tell people to go fuck theirself and um yeah that's been the highlight of my year i think is doing uh this show which at the beginning um i said multiple times that it like uh, feels weird even calling it a show yeah. Yeah, I mean we literally are just being on camera being two friends just we don't have an agenda half the time we just let the camera roll and we're just talking you guys are listening who are and we fucking appreciate the hell out of you like you said and it it really is a pleasure. I it takes me an hour to get here from where I live and but the I'll fact tell that, you what, that drive goes by real quick for me every time because I am 
pumped, I'm, man. Yeah. I, ready to go. I'm never coming out here like it's a chore. Like, God damn it, I gotta... I gotta go do this stupid podcast that I'm a part of, and I don't really want to do it. For me, it's always like, all right, Let's time go. to do the show. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I'm always hyped. Showtime. Yeah, I... I was just thinking earlier, like Danielle was talking about getting nervous when people do. Actually, punks. I'm glad that you brought that up because there was shit off of that that I wanted to feed off of. But continue, please. When you do public speaking, as well as people that fight, and I also brought up memories for me personally. Like I've been in multiple bands. Yeah. And you get that nervousness whenever you get ready to play a live show, and. Um, I I get nervous sometimes before we do a podcast. Fuck yeah. Because it's like I want it to be quality. You know, I'm not nervous now. Once we get it going, it's it's pretty easy to keep going. And it's not exactly like just sitting here hanging out with friends. Because sometimes when you're sitting hanging out with friends, there's silence. And when we're on the show, I can't stand silence. Like I just, on the show, like it just seems not, it seems like subpar, like bullshit. Yeah, if we're, you, if we're you guys watching us... And there's there's silence for even a few seconds. I cannot blame you for being like, this All is right, stupid. What, Fuck what, you guys. You what guys else suck. is going on online? I, yeah, I don't I have time. I don't have time to listen to two people just sitting there. Yeah. Um. So it's not exactly organic, but it is very much like we're just sitting here talking. I mean, this is not scripted. Um. We just we. You know, Lloyd comes out, we sit in my basement, we have some drinks or whatever, and we talk shit for fucking four hours in a clip, which I had another guy who's going to be a guest on the podcast pretty soon. He's a host of the, um, they call our podcast, The Cesspool, and they're actually very similar to our show in a lot of ways. They, they talk about MMA and all kinds of other shit that's going on. They're pretty funny guys, but every one of their shows I guess is like a half hour um I was talking to him the other night I'm trying to get him on the show uh see I don't know how we could condense it into a half hour I would I would feel like well he gave us props he's like I don't know how you guys go for four hours every time I don't know how you do it I'm like I I don't know either we just go you know we just turn it on and then go it's the show I feel like if we went for 30 minutes Everything that comes out of my mouth is like money. 30 minutes, we just. 30 minutes is just getting warmed up for us. I mean, yeah. it's really nothing. I mean, we went uh, fucking 45 minutes before Daniele came on this episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing. If you run out of shit to talk about, I mean, we're just talking right now. There's really not that much substance to this. So, um, Laura. Shout out to you. Um, thank you. She says she loves the show. So that's super cool. I appreciate that. We all do. All meaning me and Lloyd right now. But we, it's, it's when people actually like sitting here listening, talking with us, that is what we do it for, seriously. And we're not doing anything that anybody else couldn't do. That's the thing. All you got to do is get a shitty microphone and then figure out how to live stream this shit on on Facebook or YouTube. It's not hard. Um, But we decided to go 
all out on it. You know, we do the audio version and it gets uploaded to YouTube and we're live on Facebook. And like I said, it, it is a chore. Or it's not a chore, but it is. It, it requires a certain amount of effort. Sitting here just doing the show is definitely not a chore. Everything that yeah. goes on in the background is more it, is is more is more work. But when we sit here on the show, it's not. It's not forced at all. We just sit here and talk. Yeah, and it's fun. We just sit here and hang out. I think uh, I've spent more time talking to you, Lloyd, like on the show being recorded the entire time that we've known each other than we have not. Right. Or it's probably pretty close. I mean, we still... I mean, you're around a lot. But it's mo- a lot of it, the substance piece of it is, is all recorded for the most part, which is super cool. And right. actually, the guy I was talking about from the Cesspool podcast, um, he brought up a good point. Is like, even even if nobody ever listens to it, it's like having an audio journal. Yeah. And 20 years from now, you might want to go back and listen to it and be like, you know, uh, it'll have nostalgic value, you know, where you're just like, that's, it's just part of the past. We were hanging out, friends, talking, bullshitting. And at that point, I brought up actually that I do like both of my kids (laughs) have their own, their own podcast kind of, you know? Yeah. I still, I still need to hop on that more. Yeah, you you know what? I bet you Will would have you as a guest on his podcast. But my kids both, they, you know, they see me doing this, and um, I don't know. It's just cool. We we do like thirty minute shows with them, the uh, the Will Show and the Melody Show. <laughs> it's cute, you know. And I I feel like that in itself, like just in the in the context of it being uh, an audio journal. Or in this case, an audio video journal um, for the future could be priceless to me and to them when they're older, when they're twenty. You know, when my kids are great point. Ten years from now, you look back and yeah, me and my dad used to do these like shows, and literally, it's up on the internet. Anybody could tune in and watch. <coughs> So anyway, I think it's cool. I think it has value, um, even if nobody ever listens to it. But um, but people do listen to our show, and it's cool that we have people that are interested. Rochelle, not happy with that list. Yeah. Neither was I. Yeah, I never saw Bowie either. Yeah. I didn't see Bowie. I didn't see Ali. Whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. That list was uh that list was bullshit, babe. I agree with you. Weren't you getting ready to say something? Didn't I in standard fashion just interrupt you talking? You gotta give me a little bit more. I don't have anything for you, buddy. <laughs> I thought I interrupted you though, like an asshole. So keep doing. Um I don't mean to though, obviously. I love you, Lloyd. Man, we got these sweet fucking shirts. These things are the shit. I'm not gonna lie. Leah was all about it. Yeah, Leah said she wanted one. I don't think she's still in here, but I'm sure she wants one. Chris. Chris Julesrud's in the house. Chris, I hope you heard your shout-out. Yeah, you man, we gave you a big-time shout-out. Lots of thanks. The fact that Chris uh, 
As a fan, it's just crazy. Pour me one, Lloyd. We're getting crazy tonight. I don't have to work tomorrow. Me neither. Like a boss. I keep taking these glasses off and putting them on. That's so stupid. I'm, I'm just I'm being very upfront with you though. Like I don't need them, but I look very smart wearing them. I look super intellectual. I'm like fucking Superman and shit. You look good with glasses, man. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I feel like I look like I'm. Let supposed me see to what I look glasses. like with them. You probably look super intellectual as well. With the hat on, with the with the headphones on. In that video I was talking like about, a straight hipster. Oh uh, yeah, dude, you look super hip, like way too hip. <laughs> um, I was talking about that leg locks video that Daniele did. Mm-hmm. Which you haven't seen it though, have you? No, I'm quite sure that. Dude, you were showing me before you even actually used it on me. I, I might have shown you a piece of it. You showed me, and then you did it. I showed on me. I showed you the particular grip that I was talking about, like just in person. But I, I you should see the video. It's, it's actually really good. It's interesting shit. Um, but uh, fucking lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, getting wild speaking, on that turkey. Well, I'm just talking about. Uh, wearing glasses and uh, Daniele in that video, it's so funny, man. Daniele's a fucking funny guy. He, uh, in the beginning of the video, he's wearing a bandana, right? And I think what he goes to talk about is that he just got a bad haircut. <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, I'm wearing this, wearing this bandana." You know, he's chilling on the ropes in this gym that he's training at. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I got a bad, bad hair. He's kind of bouncing on the ropes a little bit. He's like, yeah, I got a bad haircut. Somewhere in this bandana. <laughs> it's awesome, man. And he's wearing glasses the entire time, too. He's got them, like, strapped to his head. Which I've never seen. But Daniele's a legit badass, man. He's good at leg locks and shit. Absolutely. Super thankful for Daniele being on the show. That guy's awesome. I just got word back from my buddy Pete Buckbauer, who's a comedian out of Virginia, but um, living now in Los Angeles, nice. uh, doing comedy. Man, he's he's doing it. He, uh, I believe, he's got an hour recorded. I forget what he calls it. Uh, but he, I, I asked him if he wants to be on the show. He's going to come on the show. Um, and he asked about the logistics. I gotta get back to him in a couple minutes. Or, well, when, whenever we shut this down, I'm gonna talk to him, but... We'll get him to Skype in. Unless he's gonna be back in Virginia sometime soon, which he might be, because he's got family out here. If he is, and we'll get him live in the studio. But he's a funny guy, man. Very funny guy. He was, uh, back in the day when we were making foot hockey videos, uh, that's when he started doing comedy. And, um... Went to a couple of his local, you know, shows when he first started doing comedy, and he just kept with it. And now he's, dude, he he was at like the comedy store in L.A. and shit. And That's awesome. Like no joke. Yeah, I mean he's 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 doing it, which is super cool. Um, he also has a sketch comedy group uh, that he's trying to resurrect now, as far as I know, called the Popular Outcasts. And I think if you go to popularoutcasts.com. Uh, you can see some of their stuff. Maybe we'll play one of their videos to end the show. Um, I can find one. 
but uh, Pete Pete saying he he would love to do the show. He actually texted me when we were talking to uh, Daniele, and uh, but yeah, we'll get him to Skype in. My buddy Pete, come on. And uh, we were talking for a long time about doing a collaboration between you know, the foot hockey and the popular outcast and doing some sketch comedy stuff together. Never did um, come to fruition, but still, really cool. He's a good guy. Cool guy. Actually, he took fucking uh, some of the wedding photos uh, at my wedding. Nice. Back in 2013. He was um, his... Uh, ex-wife, another friend of ours, she's a photographer, and they came together and took all the wedding photos that we had. It's a good guy. Good guy. He's funny. Funny as fuck. Pete. Shout out Pete Buckbauer. He'll be on the show soon. I don't know if it'll be... It's not going to be the next one, I guess, because you got... Who do you got lined up? Royd and Chael Jr., Baby Chael. I'll I'll pull up a video if you want, if you want me to for... We'll, we'll probably play it again before we actually show him, but might as well put play it for today since that's our next episode. Um, let me pull up a. I'm gonna pull up one of the uh, popular outcasts sketches. Uh, get everybody primed up for uh, what is this? Sprite. Sprite, do it right. Kick him in the ass tonight. Um. Uh, Laura Nelson says these glasses are a thumbs up, so thank you for that. I'm going to start wearing them all the time. She's lovely. Super, uh, super hipster shit, but I'm going to pretend that I need them. Like, if they fall off my face, I'm going to be like, I can't see. Start, you know, get on my hands and knees and start reaching around. But, um... I just tagged you in uh, the Fighter and the Kid Army for Royden's video. Play that after you play this. Okay. Will do. Hmm. Whoops. Didn't mean to click that. Let's see. You know, I wish Pete could, uh... Oh, you know what? Maybe we'll do some of Pete's stand-up. Got a live stand-up at the DC Improv, apparently, actually. Which I was there not that long ago. Um, Who'd you see there? The last time I was there, we saw... Ron Funches. Oh. Yeah. He's been getting pretty big. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. And then before that, we saw... uh, Chris D'Elia. Wow. At the uh, DC Improv. Yeah, I remember Benny telling me about that. Chris D'Elia. Fucking hilarious. So is Ron Funches. And actually, uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy that was the middle act for Ron Funches, that guy was my favorite. He was somewhere out of Texas, uh, kind of a chubby dude, long hair. That dude was fucking hilarious. I can't remember his name. But he said Rochelle laughed like she was a bully's friend. <laughs> Um, out of context, that's not as funny as it as it should be. But she was laughing, and he just 
he called her out. That's what happens when you sit in the front row. But uh, I don't mind. You know. How many sides does the Pentagon have? Five. What causes disease? Bacteria. Shut the fuck up. I hate. I hate a. Uh, I hate an advertisement. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've got them on our videos on YouTube. Um. So we're gonna play some of uh, my buddy Pete, his uh, stand-up comedy. This is uh, live from the DC Improv, and um, if it's a bad video, sorry, Pete. <laughs> I didn't have you here to tell me which one to play, but... Um, Pete's going to be on the show pretty soon here. We'll get it figured out. I'm working on it right now. Next time we come to the States is a very, very dear friend of mine. He just moved to L.A., got a lot of shit going on. Folks, put your hands together for my man, Pete Bachbauer. What's up, Improv? How you guys doing? So I'm, I'm the white man. Um, nice to see you guys. How you guys doing? Hey, you're whiter than I am. That's true. That's, that's, that's a very nice shirt. You have Hagar? Are you wearing Hagar? Okay, so... I just moved to LA, guys. I think I'm finally starting to make it. I stopped living in my car now, so that's a positive, yeah. Do you guys know how hard it is to date when you're living in your car? Because when you pick a girl up, you're showing her your house. Like, that's not easy to do. I went on a date, I parked five blocks away because I didn't want her to see my house. And I walked to the restaurant. I thought it was a pretty good date. I thought things were going well. We finished, I was like, can I walk into your car? She was like, no, I'm good. So I went in for a hug, she put up with a handshake. I was like, tonight cannot get worse. I get back to my car, it had been towed. You guys ever come back from a bad date and your house is gone? Like, that's, that's a bad night, there's no coming back from that. Now, when I moved out to LA, I was actually in a relationship. I was dating someone, she was like, hey, when you're gone, let's try to do this long distance. And I was like, you know what, you see it on movies and TV, it's cute, let's try it. Guys, long distance relationship is just a lot of masturbation and loneliness. It's uh. It's basically marriage, is what I'm saying. So we finally broke up. She was like, I feel like I'm holding you back. Like, I feel like you can be dating out there in Los Angeles. What she didn't realize was that uh, while in DC, I'm a six, a seven on a good day, in LA, I'm a troll. It is not easy to date in Los Angeles when you look like you'd play skinny Seth Rogen in a Lifetime movie. Like, that's... It's not the easiest uh, way to do things. Um, Dana, but I've been losing weight. You're laughing way too hard at that. I, uh, my self-esteem was here. Now it's right about here. I, uh, I've been losing weight. I've lost. Uh, I've actually lost 30 pounds since I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. I had a I had a friend of mine. I was like, Hey, you trying to get that LA beach bod? I was like, No, LA is expensive. I can't afford food. So. So this is where we're at now. Uh, but I've been auditioning, trying to get onto like TV and movies, because that's what you do, right? So I actually, I had an audition for a broadcast network television show, and I shouldn't tell you what it was, I didn't get the part, but it's about two impoverished women. And um, I went to this audition at this major broadcast network that's not ABC, NBC, or Fox. And, and I went to the audition, I felt good about it. I was like, sweet, this might be good. I might've gotten this part, I need that money. Uh, the next day they called, they're like, hey, we're going for a different visual aesthetic. Yeah, that's the nicest way someone can tell you you're ugly. Just for looking for a different visual aesthetic. A couple days later, it was announced in the magazine Variety, who got the part? Guys, I lost out to 2 chains. 
Why the fuck are Two Chains and I auditioning for the same parts? Is what I want to know. That's more than a different visual aesthetic. That's a different visual ballpark altogether. The big thing is like I'm worried that now, no matter what job I go for, Two Chains is just gonna show up and be better at it than me. Like, I got a job at Starbucks. He comes in for coffee. He's like, Nah, give me the apron. Like, I just don't know. It's gonna be bad news for me. I'm not ready for that kind of uh, depression. Um, I don't know, it's been weird. I was raised conservative. Any of you guys raised conservatively in a conservative household? This girl, the rest of the table, no, but this girl was. I, uh, I was raised in a really religious household. It was so religious. I had a Sports Illustrated subscription growing up. And when the swimsuit issue came in, my mom tore it up and threw it away. And that's how I learned I was good at puzzles. <laughs> so a couple years later, we get the internet and I would print off naked pictures in black and white because I'm classy and we didn't have a color printer. And I would take them, and I'd hide them in a book under my mattress. I saw it on TV. I thought it was a good idea. Problem was I had a stay-at-home mom, and I was bad at making my bed. So she found them, and she replaced all those naked pictures with Bible verses. <laughs> and it is a lot harder to masturbate to Bible verses. I mean, it's not impossible. If you get the right verse, you're good to go. But a lot harder. But it's weird. It's an election year. The debate last night, that's been... God, awful. Trump versus Clinton, or as I like to call it, alien versus predator, right? No matter who wins, we lose. Uh, can we disagree, though, giving Donald Trump the nuclear codes, like giving Kanye West a microphone at an award show? Just can you use them irresponsibly to try and get attention. It's bad news for everybody. Trump says he wants to make America great again. Better idea? Let's make America great Britain again. Am I right? I think that's the right route right now. I don't know. I've been thinking about things about the United States lately, things I find weird, like, why do they have a national bird? What's the, why are they like, a bird, that'll define our patriotism. I don't, and why the bald eagle? Like, it's not even indigenous to most of the United States. But it occurred to me why the bald eagle's our national bird. If you look at the bald eagle, the head, the part that makes all the decisions, is white. And the body, the part that actually makes it run, black and brown, just like America. Right? Makes sense now, right? Just wait, they're gonna be teaching that shit soon, because I figured it out. I'm gonna give you guys one more and we'll get out of here. Uh, I love being in Los Angeles. My brother lives out there with my nephew and his wife. My brother's wife, not my nephew's. That'd be weird, he's three. <laughs> but before a show one day, my brother's like, hey, you wanna hang out with your nephew? And I was like, yeah, I'd love you. Never gonna see this kid. He's like, great, potty training's going well. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Because it's simple, he needs to go to the bathroom, he's gonna tell you. You put down a step stool, put down his booster seat, he'll take care of the rest. It's like, I'm up to college, let's do this. <laughs> so that day we're hanging out, we're watching Handy Manny. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Handy Manny. Fantastic children's program about teamwork. My nephew said he wanted to practice teamwork. I said, Uncle Pete, I gotta go potty. It's like, all right, man, I've been trained, let's do this. Step stool, booster seat, you all set? Gave me the top gun thumbs up. It's like, yeah, Maverick, I got this. It's like, cool, Goose, I'm going back to Handy Manny, because I was invested. So like two minutes go by, and I hear, Uncle Pete, I done. Like, All right, I guess I gotta go move his step stool. <laughs> Guys, what I discovered when I returned to the restroom can only be described as a, uh, a pantsless three-year-old, perfectly executing downward-facing dog. You're welcome, sir. Uh, presenting himself for the wiping. Guys, when someone tells you he takes care of the rest, That's the rest. 
knew this kid was gonna shit by himself. He's done that since birth. Been wiped, scratching his ass all day. He can reach. I don't have kids. I don't know protocol. I don't mean Uncle Pete to creepy Uncle Pete. It's a thin line for happy birthday to catch a predator. I'm not willing to cross it. So I grabbed a little bit of toilet paper. It was like, whoop, I don't do your laundry. Let's go. And that's when my adorable three-year-old nephew became Linda Blair and the Exorcist. As he turned around and went, wipe harder. And that's how I knew when we have kids. Guys, you've been awesome. Thanks so much. Let's bring Chris back out here. Keep it going for my man, Pete. And that's Pete Buckbauer. <clears throat> Pete will be on the show sometime soon here. Uh, I'm talking to him right now about it. So, um, anyway, we're wearing the same glasses, so I'm going to take those off because I didn't expect that. You know, Pete probably needs them. I have no idea. He could. Anyway, so we got Pete coming up on an episode soon. And we've also got. On Wednesday, uh, my buddy, fellow admin of MMA Daily, if you've heard of it on Facebook, we get, yeah, we get pretty good traffic out of there. Uh, just a, this kid, if you pull up his profile, he says he's a semi-celebrity. It's funny because he actually meets all these, he, he, I see pictures of him with celebrities on a weekly basis and it's just like Royden I don't know what the fuck you do for a living but he's always out there meeting these people he's meeting not just MMA people I see pictures of him with Hollywood celebrities and everything and I really like this kid I think he's really funny he's full of life and uh, yeah I, I hope that you guys like this video I think that it's hilarious and yeah it's pretty funny you may have seen this next video actually already it went kind of pseudo viral yeah uh, for, was, for a little bit so yeah. um but anyway um, i'm sorry what's his name again royden royden that's the birth name that's right on the birth certificate they only filled one of the fields out and somebody probably gave them a, a i'm not hard trying time. to give out his full name I'm, whatever I'm, I'm, i'll I'm leave just, that up to him <laughs> i'm just mclovin royden I'm whatever same thing um <clears throat> but anyway uh Check it out. Chill Jr. Baby Chill. Chill Jr. Um, Dana, I don't know if you remember me, but I was that lunatic fan back at UFC 149, the only man to drink Epicac to get out of work to see a fight. Do you, I, don't, I, do, I do. There's a lot of lunatic fans, but I, yeah, I remember you. I'm, you know me. I'm the, yeah, I, I told you it. there's yeah, nobody in the history no, I remember. of UFC. I remember. Okay, I've been telling everybody that me and your buddies just like We you. are. I remember. Sweet. All right. You've literally put everybody I love on this stage. I'm going to make this real fast. Rhonda, hi. Um, <laughs> you look, Every, uh, everybody you look, I love, Rhonda, I hi. You look really beautiful today, by the way. I just want to let you know. <laughs> Actually, you know, good. Uh, there you go. But uh, I'm going to make this real fast. Okay, BJ, I saw you at the MGM Grand a couple of days ago. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to meet you. Love you, respect you. Best lightweight ever fucking live. Sorry, jeez. Um, Vanderlei, I met you before. You're awesome. One of the best. Alexis, best of luck against uh, Rhonda, but I have to root for her because just, you know. Um, Leoto, been rooting for you forever. Best of luck. I want to see you hold that title. Weidman, I do love you. I have to thank you because you, I bet everyone in the world, they're like, nobody's going to beat Anderson. I'm like, UFC 163, you watch this man. It's going to take the title. Third round TKO. Or 62, sorry. I'm just totally running right now. 
Rhonda, obviously, you know, I care. But this is the man I actually, this guy I got to talk to right here because I got someone to say to him. You are the man of the hour who's too sweet to be sour, okay? The women's pet and the men's regret. The reflection of perfection, the man who got my attention, okay? The one with the greatest arms, the one with the best charms, and the one who's going to do a lot of harm on Saturday night. But right now, it ain't about me. It's about everyone standing here right now. How do they feel standing this close to greatness? Are they not mesmerized? Are they not getting chills up and down those skinny little spines? For the first time ever, witnessing Chael's son in Chael's building with Chael's people, okay? This man eats T-bone steaks, he lives barbell plates. He is sweeter than a German chocolate cake. And, and all I gotta say is, when you're the greatest fighter in the world, they got the name for you. They don't call you a great fighter, they call you. They call you Chael's son. You're Sonny. damn right. Beat him if you can. You're damn right they do. Outstanding. It's gonna be one more in the highlight reel, one more in the win column. And one more for the bad guy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, give him a hand. I, I flew him I all the way in. This book. I don't know if anyone's read this book. This is a masterpiece. This belongs in museums. And, hey, uh, hey, listen, I love you. We got like two minutes here, all right? Exactly. You are Chael Sonnen Jr. Good to see you. Hey, I got a question for Dana and... Such a good fan. <laughs> Chael Sonnen Jr. Um, anyway. You... <laughs> you can find him on the podcast on Wednesday. Um, you need a website. Woo-hoo. Why not do it yourself? Advertisements everywhere you go. Check out com. Scroll down. Click the Amazon link. <laughs> or don't. Do whatever you want to do, people. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! What was I about to say? You were about to say that Chael Sonnen Jr. was going to be on the podcast on Wednesday. Yeah, who said I, you're damn right? Chael Sonnen did. I called out Chael on well, Twitter. I told. Did you see that? No. I told Chael Sonnen to call in to our podcast, please, and uh, tell us that you're going to whoop our ass or something like that and then hang up on us, which is really all I want. If Chael Sonnen hung up on me, I'd be pumped. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. I uh, I just think that... Can we play some Chael shit-talking highlight reels? Just, just for the record, like, to close out with. Just pull up the best of Chael. Like, God, he's so good. He's going to be on... Uh, the Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger as playing Donald Trump because obviously that's our In new president, p- and uh, he doesn't have time to be on TV anymore, as far as uh, reality shows go. I guess. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Uh, we're gonna play some Chael Sonnen talking shit, and then that's the end of the show for today. But anyway. He's got Tito coming up, and I think he's going to oh, yeah. that ass. Chill Sonnen's always... He's got an iron in the fire on anything. Um, I can't he's got wait. the flow grappling stuff going on, which is super cool. Uh, some Eddie Bravo Invitational rules uh, grappling. And getting ready to fight Tito Ortiz. Um, I don't know. Chael Sonnen's a very entertaining guy. If he called into our podcast 
I would shit my pants and my head would explode, and I'd probably die. I don't know how we could possibly do a follow-up episode. No, if Chill Sunny came on the podcast, we would just stop there. That's the end of it. We're done. We let him know from just there. Just kidding. <laughs> we couldn't stop then. That'd be like the high point. You can't, or of course. It wouldn't even be the high point. It would be, that would be just, I don't know, it could be the high point. If it if you stopped, it would be the high point. But anyway, uh, here's Chael Sonnen talking shit. Uh, we're trying. To <laughs> uh, I'm I've been talking to Chael. Uh, he hasn't talked back at all. But <laughs> I've been talking to Chael. I was yelling at him on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know how to use Twitter. They shouldn't let me do it. You shouldn't let me do it. You need to be Twitter. Specialist. Um, Twitter, Instagram is my realm, I guess. Anyway. Um, Happy New Year. Hope you have a good 2017. Hope your 2016 was pretty good as well. Here's Chael Sonnen talking a bunch of shit. Merry Christmas. (laughs) In some parallel universe, you can hit a man 300 times. He wraps his legs around your head for eight seconds, and they call him the winner. On the streets of Westland, Oregon, that is not the rules. I am the middleweight champion. I defended my championship tonight for the first time, and I am willing to give Anderson a shot at the true belt, the linear belt, the people's belt from the best damn middleweight there's ever been. Anderson Silva is easily the most unpopular fighter in this company. I had a suspension, I got another suspension, and all the suspensions, uh, all the red tape is is in the past. It's all behind me. Does it feel as though uh, a weight has been lifted off your shoulders here? If you're a professional athlete, you don't have the right to complain about anything. You know, and I hear these guys come out and they're they're crying and they're whining and, and, and it's poor me. And I've always thought, what a wonderful world you must live in if if that is a big deal. You know, with, with all the things that are going on and the adversity that a person has to face and you've got to learn to deal with that stuff. And, uh, you know, just because you get a little negative press or you end up in a, in a little red tape here or there, uh, you've got to know how to deal with that if you're going to get anything done in, in this world. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I watch just average folks have bigger problems with, with a, a day being a good husband or being a good father. Um, look, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. I'm not entitled to do that. I, I have an opportunity to do it. it, it it's, it's a luxury, and, and nobody owes that to me. And, and I, I've never felt like a victim in this whole thing. It, it was a nuisance, but that's where it ends. There's this dirtbag named Anderson Silva. When Anderson Silva walks into a room, you could hear a rat piss on cotton. I don't want to fight Anderson. I want to beat him down. I want to destroy Anderson. He's got what I want and envy keeps me up at night. Can we just be fair and say that he's got 12 pounds of gold and I want it. That's the difference with with me and Nate. He really wants to get that fight. Go go fight him. But when you're done playing around, they'll call me. People tell me he's a great fighter. I say, really? When did you see him fight? 
because I haven't seen him fight. A lot of that moving or what you refer to as clowning is what he uses for a setup. He can go dance and, and, and be the Michael Jackson of MMA like he likes to do. He's got a black belt under the Noguera brothers. Yeah. I think a black belt under the Noguera brothers is saying I like I got a free toy in my Happy Meal. Well, Anderson's a fraud. He's a liar and he's a thief. This guy's not from a bowing culture. You bow in Brazil, they'll hit you over the head and take your wallet out of your pocket. He beat up a math teacher. He beat up a slow and unathletic light heavyweight, a couple of them. I beat every champion there's ever been except one. He fought everybody in the world that wasn't named Chael Sonnen. I stand here on my own free will. I stand here because I beat every middleweight they got in my way. Anderson's here because Dana White's making him. His running is done. His 15 minutes are famer up. We don't have to fight. I issued him in writing. I sent it over my demands. <laughs> he leave the UFC for no less than 12 months. He issued an apology to the fans. Simple things. And he erected a statue in my likeness in his living room that he bowed to each evening. He didn't accept them. Who cares how he leaves? Just go. He's been threatening to go for a long time. Nobody cares. We're ready to see him leave. He's a nuisance. He's annoying. And he doesn't have any fans. I've heard of you. Now, I thought, I didn't know I'd ever meet you. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Anderson Silva's fan. I heard that he had one. People say, do you want to fight the best Anderson Silva? I don't care if it's the best Anderson or the worst Anderson. I'm going to beat either Anderson. I'm going to put him on his prissy little ass. I light up a big old mouth cannon and I walk away laughing. Who's the better one? CP. Your ace. Your guy. guy. Ace of hearts. This isn't a fight that's going to be tit for tat. This isn't a war. We're not going to go out and battle each other. This is going to be a one-sided pounding and I'm swinging the hammer. Chell Sonnen. It's good to see you. It's good to be seen. Uh, uh, for media attention, but not for reality. Vandalay's never in a million years going to sign and fight me. Um, I don't think he beats Chris Lieben tomorrow. Look, Vandalay Silva has the worst record in the history of the UFC. Not just Zufa owned. Take it back to the SCG days. There has never been a fighter to have two wins and seven losses and to stay employed in this company. I believe he will be two and eight tomorrow night. So I can't imagine how he could get on the docket with me. Um, so no, I don't think Vandalay's paths are going to cross. Well, we spoke to Vandalay on Wednesday and we asked him about you and he said that, uh, obviously not a big fan of yours, uh, he said that he wants you next and, and when you do meet, his quote was, he will kill you and he will kill you fast. I'm wondering if you saw that interview and, and what do you think of him saying that? Vandalay! an immigrant from Brazil. I am a gangster from America. Are you sure you want to play that game with me? Listen, Vandalay, I will do a home invasion on you. I will cut the power to your house, and the next thing you hear will be me climbing up your stairs in a pair of night vision goggles I bought in the back of Soldier Fortune magazine. I'll pick the lock to the master room door, take a picture of you in bed with the Noguera brothers working on your jiu-jitsu. I'll take said photograph, post it at www.dorksfrombrazil.com. Password, not required. Username, not required. That, Vandalay, is how you threaten somebody. Dummy. Here's what all that needs to be done with Vandalay. It's, it, it's as simple as this. Take a contract that says Vandalay versus Chael Sonnen and have him sign that with your cameras rolling. He won't do it. Wouldn't fight Brian Stan? Wouldn't fight Vitor Belfort? 
uh, barely agreed to fight Chris Lieben, and he loves to talk tough, and I understand it, and we're in that business. But if we're being fair, take him a contract that puts him opposite of me, put a pin in his hand, roll the camera, and he will not sign it. Why not? Because he's scared and he sucks. This guy's delusional. This guy thinks his 22 wins in Japan were real. With a referee with an earpiece. Look, Vandalay, you didn't win those fights in Japan. You had one fight in Japan, dummy. It was with Charles Crazy Horse Bennett and you got knocked out. But then again, when you got a guy so delusional that he really thinks he won those fights in Japan, nobody's like, let him in on the gag. Uh, hey, Vandalay, you didn't really win those. When you get a guy that delusional... What do you mean by that? that he didn't win you know good and well what I mean by that. You know good and well, Arrow. You answer that question. Vandalay's going to go 22 straight wins in Japan and he can't win two straight in America? Mirko Krokop's going to win all those fights in Japan. He can't beat anybody in America. Fedor's going to win all those fights in Japan and he's 3-2 and two in America. And one of those wins is over a guy that was flipping tires at Sam's Club the month before. Who's the latest guy? Uh, Yamamoto. Kid Yamamoto. Ten years they told us this is the greatest featherweight to ever live. He can't win a round in the UFC, let alone a fight. The only fighter to ever, from Japan, the only Japanese fighter to ever cut it in the U.S. is Yushinokami, and he's the only fighter to never go through the Japanese circuit. The Japanese circuit is fake. It's always been fake. None of those guys won those fights. They never won those fights. Vandalay Silva, 22-0, Mirko Krokop, one leg cemetery, one leg, you know, whatever. Well, what happened, Mirko? What happened to your legs? Nothing happened. The referee's not wearing an earpiece. The promoter didn't come in the back and tell your opponent when to go down. That's what happened. I lost my motivation. No, you didn't. You suck. You suck just like Fedor sucks. You suck just like Mandalay sucks. Big difference when that referee's real, isn't it, Daryl? We're gonna we're gonna play something here, and then uh, that's it. Then we're out. Lloyd for the end of 2016. What do you got to say, man? Man, uh, I'm quite grateful. I found this stupid Facebook group, J Rick, and it turned guys like you and Jamichael, Dylan, Rillen. I don't want to give too many shout outs, but those are like the main friendships that I've gained from the group. And basically it's just it's just cool to have met a lot of new people and made new people a part of my life this year and I'm really thankful for this thing that we have going on. And what else is there really to say? Random random things fall into place and it creates beautiful things and beautiful friendships and all love, all kisses and goopy goo. Well, it's been a long, crazy year for everybody. And 
it's like I was talking about with Danielle earlier. Um, I'm trying my best to be optimistic. So, every day, I try my best to focus on the good things that are going on. And I like to watch my kids grow and uh, look at the beauty in that. Like my daughter painting pictures and of, of shit that she sees. And for her telling weird stories about... I don't know, my daughter, she's such a silly little girl and she reminds me so much of myself and of my wife and to me the whole thing is beautiful the same with my son um, and I don't just want to get into a big conversation about what my life is like but um, I try to be optimistic because of things like that and maybe I'm you have to be man this is I don't know if you're not optimistic then you'll never f fix it if you don't think it can be fixed then you'll stop trying to fix it. So, I don't know, I think that's part of the reason that this show exists at all, is that uh, we're trying to fix something, or at least I am, maybe. Um, it's out here to let, fucking let them know. That's all we try and do, man. Uh, we try and send positive vibes and shit. We do our best. This is a song by our by our boy uh, Christian Acosta and uh, Simatics. Uh it's called So Far From Here we've played it before but uh, it's a cool track alright that's it for tonight love you guys check us out next week with Chael Sonnen Jr. this week technically this week Wednesday go fuck yourself love you Happy New Year. History on Fire podcast. Check it out. Samantha M. First professional fight. Recently here. Shout out. Shout out to Chris Julesrud. Shout out to my wife. Who I love very, very much. And my kids. Shout out to Laura Nelson. Thank you for tonight. Shout out to Jamichael Creamer. Shout out to Dustin Walker. Shout out to Christian Acosta. Shout out to all of J-Rec. I've never done this many shout outs in my entire life. Shout out to Matt Tebbets, a.k.a. Sven Diamond. Shout out to Rondo Turbo. Shout out to my family in North Carolina. Shout out to mom and to my dad and to... Daniele Borelli. Shout out to strong shout out to Daniele Borelli. Shout out to Samuel Tanaglia, my little brother. Fucking state champion this year. Let's get it done, baby. Let's do it. Let's do this shit. Shout out Sam Tanaglia.
Happy New Year. Good night.